Hello and welcome to Zack Attack. We're never going to be better than this. This is episode 34, bonus episode. Bonus episode. The Greatest Showman from 2017. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. With us today, we have a very special guest. Joe, I feel like as we go on with Zack Attack, now that these are few and far between, these are gems both to us and to our small but dedicated fan base. Yeah. I feel like we have to keep bringing it with the guests because it's just, it's such, a, it's such an experience. It's such like a rarity, an oddity, if you will, that we have an episode that I feel like we need to bring it with the guests. I think... This is our first, unless I'm forgetting someone, our first female guest. Have we had a female guest on here yet? Jess to do the Oh, the Jess Zephies, was that, yes. But that Although, wasn't really like a guest, you know? That was like, like a co-host. Yeah, so. But yeah, shout out Jess Montez. Drink. <laughs> Drink if you're playing the drinking game. Yeah. Our guest today is the co-host of one of the other podcasts on our Cage Club Podcast Network, Wistful Thinking. I've been on there a handful of times. Jordan, Paul, and Clark. Hello, Jordan. Hello. That was the longest you've ever taken to intro me. It was really hard to stay quiet and still. It's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you did, <laughs> because it. last month, Mike started talking before I answered him, and I yelled at him. So I was like, Yeah, you oh. did. That's right. I forgot about that. I would yeah. never do that to you. I know better. Very... Please I'm no I am no Pete Holmes. <laughs> you are no Pete Holmes. Just laughing, laughing, laughing. Although I would appreciate, not that I was saying anything ridiculously funny, but I love a good Paul F. Tompkins in the background laugh while he's not <laughs> on the mic, but you can still hear the guffaw from the background. I would not have That's minded true. that, but just no words. Keep it silent. Right. But you're here to talk about The Greatest Showman because you are, much like Zendaya, a gymnast. Circus. Well... Circus. Well, <laughs> both. She's a circus artist. She's a trapeze artist, as am I. But yes, also a gymnast, sure. Now, we were just talking before yeah. we started recording. Aside from this and the Disaster Artist, our last bonus episode, you haven't seen a Zac Efron movie? I've never seen a Zac Efron movie until this How one. How is that possible? He's in so many movies. But why would I see any of them? Besides the High School Musical. Uh, why would I watch that? Because it's great. <gasps> Because it's awesome. <laughs> we trust me. We were the biggest doubters in the world, and we're sold. We're high school. The first fans one now. is good. The, the second, second one is great. Great. It, it's fucking amazing. The yeah. third one is okay. I believe you because when I was watching this movie and he got up on a bar and started singing and dancing, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this well, is great." Does he do this in anything else? High School Musical. Yes. And Hairspray. He's also and, in Hairspray. Oh, yep. did not know that. This it makes is my heart fifth flutter. musical. Plus, he dances in like a lot of movies. Actually, he's always dancing. So we're gonna we're gonna get to something later. I don't want to. I don't want to. We're not gonna spoil anything. Th- but yeah, this is super vague. But Joe, you're gonna see something later. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about later. So okay, dancing will come back at a later point. But yes, he sings and dances a lot. He was apparently nervous to return to song and dance after being away because Hairspray was like 07, 08 or something. So it was yeah. like a decade later, or I guess it was like you know eight years maybe after High School Musical three. He was nervous to come back to it, but like he's so good. He's so good he's such a natural talent at like singing and dancing like i don't know what he was worried about i wouldn't have been worried if i was him but okay maybe just being modest or something so jordan was this the first time you watched it for this this was the first time i watched this yeah same same i hadn't seen it before i was i meant to see it in theaters but i honestly like seeing them fresh right before we record so like i kind of wait for them which is sad fiery hot takes yeah but i like to do some good guesses on some stuff and you know so that only works if I don't see it in theaters, so... Yes. Before we get into... I don't want you to tell us 
what you thought of the movie yet, because we're going to do a segment before we talk about the movie. Okay. But you said to me a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever that you still want to do this episode because you thought you were going to have thoughts about the movie. As vague as that is, don't give me the specific thoughts, but yes or no, do you have thoughts about this movie? Many, many thoughts. Good. Perfect. Perfect. That's all we need. (laughs) Okay. All right. Don't tell us any of them ever. (laughs) We just want you to have them, okay? We don't want to know. Stay in silence the whole episode. I already told, like, eight other people today, so, like, I don't need to tell you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Our first segment, although we, I think we did this toward the end last time, but I feel like, to keep in mind with our other podcast, it should be at the beginning. It should be at the beginning. We just always forget. We start, like, rambling, and then we just, like, forget, and then, like, halfway through, like, the movie, we're like, oh, fuck, let's talk about what happened. Our first segment, named on the last episode, Zeph in the Sheets. Zeph in the Sheets. It is our news roundup. Rock hard news. Zeph in the Sheets. I've got a bunch of news, Joe. Do you have any news? Yeah, I have one of the most important pieces of news, and you probably have seen this. Why don't you hit us with that first? E! Online has named Zac Efron's brother Dylan among one of the sexiest celebrity siblings out there. Jordan, do you know about Dylan <laughs> I don't, but I'm Googling him right now. <laughs> we are firmly in the corner that, sure, maybe he's a cute guy. Again, Difficult for us to say as straight dudes. Like, obviously, we have a big boner for Zach. But... <laughs> I mean, you have eyes, him, right? So... It's sometimes hard for me to tell whether women find certain guys attractive or not. But Joe and I, I think, are in the agreement that, like, he's a good enough looking guy, but he's no Zeph. Super fan Jenny McMullen is firmly in our corner. Again, thinks he's yes. okay. He's no Zeph. So I want, I want your opinion. Is Dylan Efron attractive and is he as attractive as Zac Efron answer to the second one is no but go ahead no yes yeah he's uh, he looks different in every picture that I'm looking at so it's actually hard to tell what he actually looks like he's definitely good looking but he's not good looking like Zac Efron is amen thank you Joe didn't you tell us on some episode a while while back that his parents you saw his parents in the picture and his parents weren't super attractive his parents are just like two old people like undistinguishable (laughs) old people like people you'd see in the grocery store in front of you in line or something like I saw his dad and I was just like holy shit like where did this come from yeah, there, he did, like, some, like, interview with his dad, or, like, a, there was a picture with his dad, and I just looked at it, and I was just like, wow, just random old dude. Like, he could have been anybody's father. You wouldn't have been able to tell at all. And yet they made this Greek god. I was also telling you, as we were watching this movie separately, I love Gosling, I love Shannon Tatum, I love the Fast and Furious movies, but there's something Same. different, there's something special about watching a Zac Efron movie that He's brings radiant. back to our roots. Yeah. You wrote to me, I just got to the first Zac Efron song and dance number, then you typed out the word swoon, which, <laughs> yep, that's that's what it is. That's pretty much it. You got another newser for us? Oh, I got so many news. I got so Go many newses. Kick them off. Go ahead. So shortly after we recorded our Disaster Artist episode, but before that was released, the director of this film, Michael Gracie, gushed over Zac Efron and said, quote, he is so good at everything, which, yep. We know. Yeah. Next little bit of news. Oh, also since we last recorded, The Rock accepted the Razzie Award for his performance in Baywatch. So oh, it was cool. good to see The Rock, you know, shout out to Too Fast, Too Forever, crossover yeah. there, now that we finally got and the Baywatch. Yeah, And Baywatch. Yeah. And Baywatch. Zeph there. Glad that he is humble enough and still has a sense of humor about things. He's like, I don't know if you, did, you, did either of you watch his Instagram acceptance video? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I missed it. It was basically like... Hey man, we made it with the best intentions. Didn't work out. A lot of talented people, but we know that the movie's not good. So I am firmly accepting this Razzie. So like, he's not saying you know, give it a second shot. He's just saying, 
hey, we know it's bad. Better than his first reaction when he was like all like really pissed at Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yep. Yeah. So I'm glad he's I'm glad he's over it. He's he's cool, but he's getting that Fast and Furious money. We liked Baywatch. We didn't hate it. So yeah, I like Baywatch more but the second how, time around. How could you yeah. hate something that had The Rock and Zac Efron in it? Yeah, exactly. It was bad. I wasn't crazy about it in theaters. But it was a lot of fun. If you watch it for Zac Efron, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so. like, I feel like if you go into it being like, this is terrible, and also I'm right. going to look at The Rock and look at Zac Efron. Okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You have to know what you're getting into. Exactly. And then if you, if you are into women, you're looking at Alexandra Daddario and Kelly Rohrbach. So it's just like, there's beautiful people across the board. Yes. From coast is. to coast. Space coast. The next bit of news, this is the weirdest news I think I've ever seen in a Zac Efron Google alert. I, I, can, I bet I can, I might be able to top it, but go ahead. I don't, I don't know if you can. Subject line, Farrah Abraham dating Zac Efron? Question mark, exclamation point. Really? Teen mom? Teen mom porn no. star? No. Yeah. Teen mom Farrah Abraham. I clicked on I'm like, I'm like, this cannot be right. This I've is seen a her <laughs> I have. This is apparently based on an interview that Farrah's mother gave and said that she should date well, they a hate nice each boy other. like Zac Efron. Farrah and her mom are in like a constant war. Like, she like, what did she do? She like crashed her mom's wedding and like, they're constantly fu- Dude, Farrah Abraham's is super amusing to me. I like all <laughs> kinds of like these terrible like faux celebrities like i follow all of them fair abrahams is up there yeah she was just bitching what else did she do she like got thrown out of mtv or something I don't, it's weird i don't know she, i yeah. don't know anything about fair abraham other than she was on teen mom and then she did porn with james dean that's all i know that's yes. about as much as i know about her too oh i know way Which too much about her she's like slanging her daughter's I don't know. Her daughter has like a fake store or something that she like pretends to sell shit through. It's weird. She, she's she's a mess, but it's beautiful. And and her mom like is like really irritated at her all the time. I, what did her mom? No, it, that's what it was. They just got into a fight because her mom like came out and said like Fair is like a lost child or something. And she's like, my mom needs to keep her fucking mouth shut. And it, like I was like, whoa, okay. So yeah, solid, solid. That's my, that's my, I, I don't know what, I, if somebody's going to read the actual story and be like, that's not a, that's not what happened at all, but that, that's what happened enough. in my head, yeah. Sure. Okay. I can accept that. That seems fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my next little bit of news is that Zac Efron came out and admitted that he has a crush. When he was making Summerland, he had a crush on Lori Loughlin, which, yes. who doesn't have a crush on Aunt Becky? Like, she is the best, and she's beautiful. She was gorgeous in the show, actress. too. Summerland was fire. Yeah. Yep. I have a little one. Teen Vogue interviewed Zac Efron. And it was kind okay. of like about this. But the main focus of the interview was to learn about his grooming techniques. Oh. How he looks so dapper all the time. Okay. And like some good tidbits. This is a, this is a cool article. You should go find it. And you can find it online pretty easy. <laughs> but uh, one of the best, he says, just like everyone else, when he wakes up in the morning, he looks in the mirror. He sees his imperfections and his bags under his eyes. And he thinks, oh, man, is this really the best I've ever looked? <laughs> <laughs> and, then he says, and then he says, am I getting older? What the heck? And that was that was it. And then he talks about that he, he's vegan. He had to tell someone that he was vegan because he's vegan. So oh, yeah, that was, that. that was my next story. <laughs> that he is, he's embracing vegan eating. And I just wrote on Facebook, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I just shout out the vegans. I, I don't mind it at all. I just like making fun of people being vegan for telling you that they're vegan. And like, he's like talking about grooming himself. And he's like, well, and, and I'm also vegan. So like, you know, just out of nowhere. <laughs> 
It was just like the perfect, like you can't write better shit than that. He said, oh, he said, he also says later in the article that it requires two or three professionals to make him look that good for in movies. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He said, um, normally he doesn't look that good. He like has learned how to shave now. So he Wow. He's growing what a up. Grown he's up. A boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said like yeah, that's what he does. That's the whole that's the gist of it. Zach Efron looking in the mirror and asking himself, Is this the best I've ever looked in the morning? was just such a beautiful mental image for me. Like I had to read that out loud. <laughs> I think the same thing. He's almost thirty two. I mean it's all downhill. He looks here. like he's fifteen. It doesn't like it doesn't even matter if he's thirty two. No, or he not. finally he looks, looks like a man. Like, like a half a man. Only in the last like I feel like two years. He looks like a man now. Well what I do love <laughs> like a is man. That even as he looks more mature like Going back to sidetrack for a second, when we did Cage Club, like, Nicolas Cage was a man from the jump. Like, when he was 17, 18, he looked, like, older than Zac Efron does now. But what I like is that he's finally looking like a man, and yet, in this movie, Zendaya towers over him. Like, she's probably four or five inches taller than him. Like, she is so much taller And she looks super young, too. Maybe I'm just getting old. I'm gonna look at myself in the mirror and ask if I'm getting old this morning, but okay. Well, Joey just said 32 was old, so clearly he thinks I'm old. No, I was joking. That was a joke. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> also, do you want to say that Zach Efron looks better than any of the three of us will ever look in our lives, so we're, he can let himself go for a year and still look better than us, so. I want no him to do like anybody. a I want him to do like a Charlize monster role where he gets like <laughs> real fat and like, that would be awesome, right? Like, he'd be like, I'm, I'm done I'm done being vegan. All I eat is red vines. Like, <laughs> I think red vines are probably vegan anyway, so okay, bad, whatever. My last little bit of Zack and the Sheets is that Esquire posted an article. The title was, Nobody Loves Sunglasses and Bombers Like Zac Efron Loves Sunglasses and Bombers. He and does. it was basically the Zack Attack autocomplete game that we're going to play later, Jordan, okay. that just in clickbait article form. Like, it's just, hey, that's awesome. what do I, how do I look like Zac Efron? Oh, here we go. That's, that's, I mean, I play that game every day of my life. It just doesn't work, but... Uh, that's all the news I got. Do you have any other news? No, that's it. Zach in the sheets. Zach, Zach in, the sheets. in the sheets. Cool. Okay. So, uh, uh, Jordan, do you have any news about Zach Efron? Anything you stumble no. across in your day to day? I don't have any news about Zach Efron. I think the what only reason I get any news is because I follow you on Facebook. There we go. There you go. Well, I'm glad Cage you Club. do. Our Facebook.com slash Cage Club. Lots of Zeph news coming out that. of our camp. So, now that we have finished our Zeph in the Sheets, let us talk about this movie, a movie that I liked in theaters and liked even more today. I listened to the soundtrack a whole bunch in the last week, knew all the songs, really? liked all the songs. Damn. I do. I like five of the songs, at least. There's only ten in the movie, which seems low, but it's an hour 44. Really? It flies it by. Like there was songs. fucking all music. This was like, this was a firm, okay, I don't know if you know this, but I hate musicals. Really, really hate musicals. There's one good musical, in my opinion, and that's Newsies. And High School Musical is just great because of Zeph. I, I really hate musicals. And this this one felt like a serious-ass musical, dude. This was, like, all songs. Song to song to song to song. Just like a natural musical. Yeah, that seems it like really a lot was. of songs to me. It yeah. truly was. It was, yeah. and I didn't think... I mean, I only saw it once, so maybe it would be, like, catchier the second time. But... I don't remember what a single one of them sounded like or what a single one of them was about. Like, they weren't good songs. To me, it just sounded like they were like, oh, shit, we gotta bang out ten songs for this movie. I actually kind of like the songs. They were, they were for someone who hates musicals, they were kind of upbeat and happy. The one that I really hated was that, like, solo singing version one. Like, oh. that one sucks. Other than that, like, I thought they were pretty good. To me, though, 
they all kind of sounded like another pop song. Like yeah. they like they sampled like a pop song to like start it off. So like every time I'd hear one of these songs, I'd be like, "What is the real song that they're singing?" So agreed, I don't remember any of them. I enjoyed them when I was watching. So the people who wrote these songs also wrote the songs in La La Land. So Joe, did you? I know that you don't like that movie, but do you like the music in this song in this movie yes. better or the move the music in that movie? Better? I like the music in this movie much better. Okay. And Jordan, have you seen La La Land? I hated La La Land. Thank we had, you. We had an argument Thank about you. it when when it was out. Thank you. You and I did, or you and your friends no, did? No, you and I did. Probably. Because I I'm knew you would like it. Forever. Yeah, he I do really like it. Huge boner for that terrible movie, but go ahead. In my letterbox review of this movie originally, I said that there were two good songs. I like I liked the opening song, which is The Greatest Show, and then I like the Rewrite the Stars, which is the Zeph Zendaya song. Those are the two that I liked the first time I watched it. Okay. Now that I'm more familiar with the soundtrack, I still like those two. I also like, I love the solo, the Jenny Lynn song, the Never Enough. I love I that. It. Oh, oh, wait. So good. So that's what I want to talk about. Like, I assume that most of the actors sang their own parts, but yes. except her, she didn't. My problem usually with movie musicals is that they let the actors sing their parts, and right. there are people who are so much better at singing. And so when I saw that she, was, she wasn't actually singing, I was like, oh, that's why she sounds better than everybody else. Because to me, <laughs> yeah. like, her voice was spectacular. Like, that is what a musical should sound like, and nobody else sounded like that. So the actress who plays Jenny Lind is Rebecca Ferguson, who we talked about on the last episode because there was news that maybe she and Zac Efron are dating. Oh, definitely She's a Swedish not. actress. Not, she was also in life, and she was in a Mission Impossible movie. She studied music, and she's a good singer. She says she can carry a tune, is the the, the way that I saw it. But okay. she knew that she's supposed to be the best singer in the world, and so yeah. she can't just have somebody who can sing but not a great singer. So she was dubbed by this woman, Lauren Allred, who I think was on The Voice, maybe? And so she's like this, uh, obviously, magnificent singer yeah. who sang you know, Never Enough, and that song is just great. And I also love that song because that's the first time that like Zeph and Zendaya sort of Poor kind hands. of get together but then they break up so it's like a yeah. real real emotional roller coaster. A lot of hand I, touching. That, that may or may not be the time in this movie that I cried. Um, <laughs> just that one time. But God. I love that song. What were the other two songs that I really liked? It was... The Zeth Dancing Bar song with... Um, oh, with... that song's great. Yeah, that song is great. That's, that's the that's best It's called The Other Side. Jackman. And then... Uh, oh, also, this is this is me, which is the song that was nominated for the Academy Award but did not win. Which song was that? That's the one where it's after they are turned away from the banquet or the after oh, party and they reception. walk through the streets singing. Yes. Oh, the freaks, the freaks it's the like break lady in. Song. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that song sense. too. That was a fun one. Yeah, I didn't mind that one at all. I agree with you guys that the singing on the, the like the solo singing one, the singing itself was good. I just hate these kind of songs and like hate that part of the movie. It. So it was I was I was more disappointed with like the musical part of it, not the actual sound of it. So that also represents the one part of this movie that I'm not crazy about. Like this is in a way sort of a biopic of P.T. Barnum. It's sort of not really whitewashed, but it's like Oh my it, god. Does anybody it's know so about him? Up. It's so glossied up. They left out really? so much stuff. That he was is kind disgusting. of a monster. Disgusting. He was disgusting. But and I do want to say this is, you know, we were we were gonna have a second guest on tonight, Tobin Addington, the co host of the contenders, and he knows that to be true, and he I, I was hoping to have him on because he loves 
this movie. He loves this movie. He loves the music. His kids love it. His wife loves it. Everybody <laughs> okay. loves this movie. And I knew that Joe wasn't going to be crazy about this, and I didn't think yeah. Jordan was going to be crazy about it. And I, I was like, please let me have someone in my corner. Well, I need a defender. Me- no, no, no. Okay, hold on. I'm going to be, I can be on your side because okay. like, this, if I can turn my brain off, this is a great movie. Like, yes. it's shot yeah. beautifully. It has yeah. fun music. The singing is good. The story is good. But, like, I'm past the point of, like, being able to turn my brain off. So I watched it, like, like it felt like there was two versions of me watching this where I was like, yeah, this is fun. I love this. And then the other part of me that was like, oh, no. No, it can't. No. Can you help teach me about P.T. Barnum? Because I know very little about him. So I want to hear your thoughts specifically on, like, the character of P.T. Barnum in this movie and who he was in real life. So I don't know a ton, but he basically, the first way that he ever made money was that he owned a black lady. Oh, and okay. And he, he partially owned her. He shared her with somebody else and um, basically charged people to come see her by telling them that she was 161 years old and she was George Washington's slave. So he would charge people to come sit with her and she would tell fake stories about George Washington. Okay. That's how he started. He exploited people. He did gross things with animals. He's Yeah, really like the sewing the, the yeah, fish Yeah, he's and like the really famous together. for like the mermaid which was just a fish and a monkey yeah. sewn together. Like yeah. so he like he swindled people and treated people poorly at the same time. Okay, fair. And we know him now mostly because his name got attached to the circus, but he didn't do the circus stuff until, like, way, way, way later. Like, he did, like, the sideshow, like, freak stuff first. Makes um, sense. This is common stuff that, for me, I'm like, okay, I get that, and I get that, like, it's shitty looking back on it now, but maybe at the time, it's still horrible, but, like, it was just of the time. And that's not good. It was, but... but then, like, why do we need to make this to, like, gloss over that now? Like, then why and is glorify this, this Like, I don't I get, get it. it. I think the point with this, and this is Tobin's point, is that, like, this is not, that's not the movie that this wants to be. Yes. That it's not true. making this But then just realistic... make a fake movie. Like, don't make it after a real person, then. Make a fake movie. I get that, but the movie, I mean, I think that yeah. if you did that, then every review and everybody talking about it would be like, oh, that's like that Barnum movie. Like, it's, it's, it would be, like, people would know what it is without it being called out. Like, I feel like there's sort of, like, a no-win situation here. But Tobin's main point is that this movie knows exactly what it is. It's just a lot of fun. That it isn't true to life. It isn't Fair. trying to be a great, great movie. Yep. But it is fun. It is beautiful. It has good music. You know, the people in it are all people you like. Everybody's doing a good job. It yep. is glossing over history, but it is exactly what it wants to be. And that is what it is. I look at this movie and, like, remember when we watched A Walk in the Clouds and we were like, it's really dumb that this movie is about Keanu Reeves. Like, he is nothing. Yeah. I, like, felt a little bit similarly. Like, obviously, like, P.T. Barnum has an interesting story. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But, like, you look at everybody else in the movie and you're like, wow, there's probably a way more, like, interesting story there. What about that person? Like, let's know about that person. Let's know about that that person. The problem with that is that if you focus just on Zendaya or you focus on the bearded lady, you focus on whoever, you lose the scope of the whole picture. You do, but it's like... You kind of have to focus on him 
because that allows you to tell the story about Zac Efron. It allows you to tell the story about his family. It allows you to tell the story about Jenny Lind. It allows you to tell the story about all of his oddities. Like, it allows you to tell the whole picture because he's at the center of everything. Like, he is sort of, in a way, the, the cipher or the audience surrogate. Like, he is our entry point because he's the one who made all of this. Their other stories are more interesting or there's more to it, like the, the racial divide and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the racism that Zendaya and her brother uh, have to deal with in this movie would be more interesting than just, hey, this guy, you know, mortgages a non-existent company to fund a circus or a museum or whatever. There is a, a deeper story to tell, but I think by focusing it on him, it's number one, a story that people sort of generally kind of know, and two... But that's the problem. Who cares? Everything. If we already know this story, this is my problem with it. Do you know, like, if there was better representation of any of these other people in any other kind of storytelling that was, like, massively popular like i would care a lot less about this but like we do already know this story so like why i think you guys like focus too much for me a musical like just needs a story as the backdrop for the songs like it's just like the structure of it they could have really just placed this anywhere the the story it's easier to pick a a simple story that we already know and form a musical around it than it is to actually make something like la la land that's like a completely original story and music this makes it a little bit more palatable for like the masses i think but that doesn't uh, none of that makes it like okay to me i don't know enough about musicals or the history of musicals to know i think like this is an original musical because it's all original music written for this yeah but it's not an original story like la la land so i think there is a difference or not an original story like you know the high school musical movies it is it's not a jukebox musical it's not like they're using you know pop hits and singing along to those. Yeah. It's its own thing. It's just based on reality. So I think it is an original musical. I think the movie is just there to be fun and to sort of set it in a colorful backdrop, literally a colorful backdrop. This came out around Christmas too, didn't it? Yeah. Yep. So so this was like a go see this with your family on Christmas. Nobody's going to yeah, really be offended. It's going to pretend to be like a little bit progressive, but it's not really. And then like that's that's what you got. So I could I could see its place. That's what it was. It was just like a fun family movie. Yeah. So my other problem with it is circus related. Go for it. Tell, well, I, we know, trust me, I know nothing about the circus. No, nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah. One, that's part of the issue for me as a person who has, in like certain ways, made circus my career. Nobody knows anything about circus. So if you ask somebody about circus, they are either like, oh, yeah, with the elephants. Do you guys just call whatever. it circus, like not the circus? I, I see you're dropping the, the No, we like, call I just it... be in the know. No, we do I just, call I don't it know circus. if that's like the lingo. Yeah, when you're at circus... It's just like this. (laughs) (laughs) To me, like, I would say, like, I'm going to the circus. But, like, when I do it, I'm, like, I'm doing circus. Like, I practice circus. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's super interesting to me. (laughs) I will be, like, practicing for the circus. I'm going to have so many questions. No, because, like, I'm not really, I'm not a performer, really. (laughs) What do you do in the circus? Can you tell us? Well, I mostly teach. Like, right now, I... I, You teach circus. Yeah. So... (laughs) How do you teach circus? Um, you know, the same way that somebody would teach, like, gymnastics or really, like, like any any sport. You stitch the monkey to the fish? Like, you show them how to do that? No, see, okay, so here's... I'm getting to my problem. I'm getting to the issue. That's where this is going. So, if you ask anybody 
like what they know about circus mostly it's just like they've seen Cirque du Soleil or okay. they think of like an old like traditional circus with like animals and stuff which is not yes like elephants yeah so that's I think not... of elephants and orange peanuts that's what exactly I think of. exactly so that's not super common here anymore and in Europe it's still it still exists in places but like there is a whole kind of like new circus movement that's been around for like 30 years and it's more like Cirque but it's also more related can be more related to theater like it's totally 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 different than what most people think of but what i know what would i know from that like what when is it bled over into another movie or something it isn't it isn't it's not it's not represented unless you've seen Cirque du Soleil like that's the only frame of reference that i can give people to be like it's kind of like this so it's like okay. ballet? Is it like sort of ballet-y? Or it can be, yeah. Like so, dancing? so it it can be, a lot of the trends are that it's like really, really mixed with like um, modern dance. Okay. But even But yeah. even like theater, like it can feel sometimes more like going to like a dance show or a stage show that has circus elements in it. It depends what kind of troupe you're watching. Define the circus kind of elements. What what do you mean when you say the, oh, the so word like, circus elements? When like I, <laughs> flips and jumps or yeah, what? Right, so when I say that I'm talking about circus apparatus, like um, Zendaya in this movie was a flying trapeze artist. Zendaya. Zendaya, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I don't even know. Good. Guys, wait, who is she? <laughs> so she's a Disney Channel star. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I know her because she was on Dancing with the Stars the year that I went out and stayed with my friend in LA, and he okay. was friends with all of the Dancing with the Stars people. Oh, cool. And one oh, of them yeah. with her. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. cool. I know that. And I think she won. I think she won Dancing with the Stars that year. Maybe. Who knows? I don't watch that. Yeah, right. So she's... Circus apparatus. So she's yeah, a flying also, one thing, so like... Since I know nothing about what you're talking about, okay. the only other thing I do know <laughs> is that Zendaya is also MJ in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, oh okay, okay. Cool. Who's Spider-Man? Homecoming? That's right. Yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland Spider-Man. Okay, that cool. one, okay. Right. So flying trapeze. They have a lot of lira in this movie, which is like the circular hoops that are hanging from the ceiling that they're spinning on. Okay. Just one big hoop or multiple hoops? No, like what? It's like one hoop. It can be different sizes, but it, like it's large enough that like a person kind of like can sit in the middle and can like manipulate cool. around it. Okay, yeah, I got that. Jordan, would it impress you to know that Zendaya did all of her own trapeze? I know stuff she film? she trained at a school that, that in uh, in New York. Oh, um, oh, interesting. I think she did, and you can tell like you can't fake that stuff. I mean, some of it's definitely faked, but I'm gonna ask you kind of a kind. <laughs> A kind of tangent question, but do you have a lot of people that come in to do that circus that are training for stripping? No, that's not... No. Never? There's, like, never a crossover? I mean, there's crossover because a performer is a performer. Like, if somebody wants to make money by doing that, like, sure. But it has nothing to do with what we do, really. No, no, I wasn't saying that. I was saying, like, do you specifically have girls that come in that are like, I'm a stripper... I want to do circus, and I want to get these moves down so no. I can do, like, more fascinating stripper moves. I think that's, like, the whole separate sort of type of class, right? Like, there's, like, pole dancing well, classes. Well, there's like pole that. dancing classes, too, but none of them have anything to do with being a stripper, either. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, pole, like, so lost oh my gosh, in this world. I could tell you so much about pole, too. Pole <laughs> is, like, it's no. whole own sport. Like, that yeah. is for serious. They have competitions. Like, they are for yeah. real. And it has absolutely nothing to do with taking your clothes off. The reason their clothes are off is because you can stick to the pole when your skin touches the pole. Ah. I was just thinking, if I was an opportunist woman, and I was like, look, I'm a pretty good stripper, okay? 
But if I want to take this up a notch... But I'm not the best. I'm not I'm the not best. I'm not the best. I'm going to add some circus elements and circus apparatus <laughs> okay, so to my stripping. Have... And then it will be like it will be like the coolest show ever. That's This is what I was thinking. If I was a woman, I'd be like... And like, I just, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm a stripper. <laughs> Hopefully there's a lot of strippers listening. And they're just like, how can we step our game up to the next level? I'd be like, I'm going to go do that circus. And then that's what would happen. Strippers, if you are listening, send us pictures of yourself. Magic Mike's at cageclub.com. <laughs> Yes, clothed, clothed even, or male stripper counterparts. That's Whatever. What Joey reads the emails, so do it. That, the, sorry, sorry what for Jordan, the stripper tangent. Okay. I I apologize for that. But this that was I had to give you what my where my brain was going. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> this is why I need to educate you. Yeah, thank this is you. Why? I'm glad you're here. People know two things about circus. It's either animals, and like that kind of thing, or Cirque du Soleil. And the people who think circus is the animals hate the circus and they spread so much shit like not all of it is even true about the way animals are treated the hate that is cast upon circus is because of its representation in this movie because people think that that's what it is and it is so much more than that it's what's what's the rest so of it? much more than that it's performance it's performance art it's like the theater stuff it's like the okay. theater stuff it's like the acrobatic stuff it's the physical part of it it's the clowning it has nothing to do with animals okay i get that and i have also known people who have worked on circuses with animals and like this doesn't speak for all circuses and i personally don't think that animals should be kept in that way no matter what but They've said that the animals get treated better than the people. I can definitely believe that. Just as a random guess, I bet that circus performers aren't treated very well. Just performers in general, in general aren't treated. Yeah, very that's what well. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have bad apples in any kind of industry, but I feel like with such a long history of people saying that animals are treated poorly, I feel like whoever regulates that is probably paying special close, like super close attention to it. And so that you have to treat them better. Well, it depends It depends where you are and what the norm is. Like, they just retired all the circus elephants. Yes. Um, like, Recently, that's not a thing that. here anymore. Yeah. Um, they live in a sanctuary in Florida. That's really cool. I wish I'd see. Maybe they do get treated better than we thought. But, but <laughs> you know, it de- so it depends on what the standard and, like, the cultural norms are where you are from. Like, animals still exist in circuses other places. They still use, like, dogs and horses in some circuses. That was just the elephants. So this is when I was watching this, and I was thinking about my idea of circus. You brought up the best point. It's I thought like, oh man, it sucks that you like you know keep these elephants there and like make them do tricks. And then I'm like, but everybody loves these fucking like dog frisbee trick videos. <laughs> on Facebook and like how is that really any different than this you know and I was like trying to piece it together in my head like how one is good and one is bad and I couldn't figure it out so that's my other problem with this movie is because like I take it really personally when somebody shits on the thing that I do when they don't know anything about it right and like this just gives them more reason to be like see see exactly like when people talk bad about Zac Efron Joey and I have to defend it because this is something that I take very personally. We and have it's ownership like, in it. We have cards in this game. And you've so. researched. Like, you know what's for real. Yeah. Exactly. When people say he can't act, we're like, no, no, no. He can act. Have you seen every movie. this movie? Yeah. Yeah, he actually, in every movie, to be honest, he does pretty good. Well, not every movie. Most movies. In most movies. I appreciate I'm so glad that you're here to talk about circus. And I'm going to keep calling it circus from now on so I can be in the know. <laughs> yes. Whenever somebody, like, mentions something, I'd be like... 
do you circus? <laughs> Wait, and just, I like, use it like my, that all the time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like David Caruso it, lift up my sunglasses and be like, <laughs> I think he went to the circus. You should try it. No, you should no, see. no, no, no. Not, I think he went to, I think he went to circus. No, you would say the circus though. I know, but like. See, I was doing it right. It was a trick right. question. It was a trick question. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Bro, do you even circus? Do you even circus, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome when i was watching this movie when it started out it felt the very very first intro part of it it felt like a kanye west music video was about to happen yep. did anybody else feel like that yep i've never seen a kanye west music video but i did really <sighs> like the opening what part. come on jordan How yeah. what are you watching if you're not watching <laughs> yeah, yeah. movies or kanye west music constantly videos? circusing i don't know I watch a lot of wrestling these days. Does that count? Seriously? Yeah. Like WWE? Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess that's just like another form of like performance art. Exactly. Yeah. It's the closest yeah. thing you can watch to circus on TV and it's on all the time. Wow. That, res- professional, I mean, well, professional wrestling is the closest thing you can get to circus on TV? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. I never thought about it. That's mm. really cool. Yep. I'd never put that together in my head. Most people don't have a reason to. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody catch my favorite cameo, which is, I, I always use the word cameo wrong, but did you anybody catch my favorite Oh yeah, actor? I know exactly who you're talking about. You know who it you're is. You're talking about the guy from House of Cards. Playing a reporter. Right? The reporter who's banging Claire Underwood, who is the reporter in the <laughs> Exactly. They didn't even change his role. He's still a reporter. It was perfect. <laughs> The reporter who is like hating on Barnum yes. the whole time. About everything. Yep, yep. He pretty much plays the same character. I was just kind of dreaming that like he left the he left circus <laughs> and went straight to the White House. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like just jumped forward eighty years or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that noise. He just goes straight to Kevin Spacey's wife and just going for it. He's also uh, the dad in Thoroughbreds. He's not a reporter there. He's just sort of like a millionaire douchebag. But he's the same <laughs> kind of you know deadpan, unlikable kind of guy. So that's just his. That's his, that's his, his, that's his thing. Typecast. That's what he is. He's just like deadpan, unlikable. That's pretty good. I wonder if he's really that boring in real life. He's like he's like one of these guys that would like lull you to sleep, right? Like everything that I see him, he's like, yeah, I guess that's okay. That's he true. Not he like Claire Underwood to sleep. He like yeah. mumbled his Ooh. way through this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> he did, right? Yeah. That's the first thing I could think of when I was watching. But I think it. that's kind of by design, right? Because he's supposed to be like, oh, I don't like anything. Like he's supposed to be sort of like a hipstery kind of guy, you know, decades before hipsters were a thing. Yeah, he's he's the first hipster. Well, he's a snob. He's a real snob. True. But then like he has that word. whole thing where he's like, well, a the snob pe- with a heart of the gold. The people like it. I guess the people like it. Can we go through this movie to, to give a boyfriend material reference, song by song, song to song, song to song, and just sort of talk about each song, whether you guys I, like them, and then I see mean, what happens y- around them? You can do it because I don't remember any of them. I don't I remember them down. either. I am so yeah. prepped for this. Go for it. It starts out with The Greatest Show, which is kind of like a Queen ballad anthem, right? Like the We Will Rock Yeah, you that was the, the Kanye the, West the one. It starts out Spotlight yep. on him, just st- like right there, and then, yeah. Okay. Love this song. Love this song. I liked song. it. It was good. It was really good. I liked I liked the whole thing as like the whole musical number with the dancing and the circus yes. and the, I liked yeah. all that. And this comes back at the end. This is the final song too, and that version yes. is better because that's when Zeph yes. takes over. That Barnum yes. literally passes the baton and says, "You're in charge now. I'm gonna go watch my daughters grow up." And then Zeph comes in and like it, it comes in like like three quarters of the way through the song on the soundtrack when he comes in with his verse or his line or whatever and just 
it is the best. Yeah, I, I like that one. I'm going to tell you my favorite song when it comes up. Or okay. I already did, but we'll talk. I'll talk more about that one. Continue on. This song also brings us back to the past to when Barnum was a kid, and he's in love with yes. Michelle Williams. And one of yes. the most popular reviews on Letterboxd, which we will get back to Letterboxd later, is the most unrealistic part of this movie is Michelle Williams smiling and being happy the entire time. Because she is always such a depressed character in just about every movie she's in, and as his wife in this movie, What else was part, she in? Oh, she was in Manchester by the Sea. She played Casey Affleck's wife. Oh, oh gosh, fuck. she was very depressed in that. <laughs> yeah. And she's in a really depressing situation in this one, too. Like, oh, this yeah, like, like she a happy should situ- be upset. That was, this was one of my problems, is that she was never upset in this. Well, she was by the end, for a little bit. Well, for she was bit, for, for a like minute. Minutes. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, she's also going to be in, or she was in, a Ryan Gosling movie, Blue Valentine, which is a movie that is going okay. to break oh. my heart again. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. That's also It's really depressing, depressing also. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. She just sort of has a type where she's in a lot of these kind of movies, here, for the most part, you know, she's poor, but she's loving it because she's, you know, she's got a man that she loves, two young daughters, and yeah. she's happy. I didn't think about it until you just said it now, but there's like a part skipping ahead to the end for just a minute to reference yep. Michelle Williams yep. smiling. There's a part at the end where she's like has her head resting on um, Hugh Jackman's shoulder and they're watching their daughter dance and she just has like this dumb smile on her face the whole time that looks so forced. She does look like she shouldn't be smiling. She should never smile. <laughs> Which is fine. That's not a bad thing. You know, we are like 40 minutes into this and that's the first time I think any of us have said Hugh Jackman's name. Like, he's the star of this movie. Hey we guys, not he's, not, in this. He's, not the, he's not the star of this movie. Not for, not my well, eyes, the not in my movie, heart, obviously. I don't think he does that great in this movie. That's why I don't even like really want to talk. I mean, like, I'm gonna take you on a little side story. Well, I think. Well, just be- before that, before that, because I love the side story. You know, I love a side story. I okay. think Hugh Jackman is underappreciated, maybe because. Let's go back to what I was saying earlier. I think he's there to just propel the story. Like, it's about yep. him. Mm. Yeah. But we don't really learn about him. We learn about other people through mm, what he did. But we don't really learn about anybody. Like, character development isn't really... Which is fine. True. The, the thing movie, in this movie. does not care about character development. <laughs> yeah. Zeph is the only one that develops, to be honest. So Probably fair. Side story. Go. I don't know if I told this before. I, f- I feel like I might have, because it irks me. Did you tell an ex-girlfriend that she looked like Hugh Jackman? Uh, no. I didn't, but it involves a different ex-girlfriend. I had this ex-girlfriend. Shout out, Rachel. Shout out, Rachel. (laughs) She had a cousin who was, like, completely obsessed with Hugh Jackman. Did I tell this story before or no? You did, but I don't remember it. I've never heard it, so... Okay, so, yeah. So she had a cousin that was obsessed with Hugh Jackman. I remember her was, like, she was, like, very proud that she had found this hat that Hugh Jackman had worn in, like, some random-ass picture. Every time I think of Hugh Jackman, I just the think of The actual her. hat or just the same kind of hat? The same kind of hat. It was just, like, okay, so a not stupid-ass Puma hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was, like, very proud that she had found this hat. And I was just, like... And she wasn't young enough for this to be, like, a thing. Like, she was, like, maybe, like, 16 or 17. And I was, like, you're way too old to be doing this. <laughs> and, like, everybody else thought it was, like, cute. And I was, like, no, you're not a small child. So every time... Hugh Jackman and her are connected in my brain now. Sure. And, like, yeah. So that's my whole... Hugh Jackman side story tangent and like so every time I even see him and think about him and she was like oh man he's such a good actor he's such a good dancer he's he's such a good like singer I watch this and like I don't think he was particularly good at anything and then when you put him side by side with Zeph it's like Zeph is so much better at any of these things than he is you know he's like better looking 
better dancing, better acting, better singing, everything. And I was just like, oh, wow, like, he really shit on Hugh Jackman this movie, so. Well, resident historian Mike Manzi, take a drink, has said to us, he messaged, messaged me or messaged us several weeks ago before he saw this movie, which he loved. Okay. Uh, he said that, he's like, I see you, me, and Joe doing a Hugh Jackman podcast. And I was like, really? I yeah, like, see. Right. But what, what other, so, like, you do, like, Wolverine and, like, all the all other. All the X-Men movies. You do Les all Mis. The X- that's true. That's true. Yeah, I do like the X-Men ones. I don't hate Hugh Jackman, but just like those two things being connected and then and then me seeing him next to Zeph, I was just like, you're just B-class, man. Like you're just lower tier. You know what tier. we could do? We could just do a podcast of all the people that you have weird mental connections with. So you could do a Hugh Jackman podcast. We don't have enough Anne time. Hathaway podcast. We don't, we don't have enough time. I have too many <laughs> weird mental connections with way too many like fucking stra- strangers Fair. that I don't know. Okay. Celebrities and shit. You've you've heard a lot of the stories. I fucking yeah, it's, no. We don't have yep. enough time. Okay. <laughs> Fair. So the first song, so the side story over, we good? Yeah, we're done, sorry, that was it, yeah. So the first song brings us back to the childhood, he's in love with a young Michelle Williams, who is rich, her parents do not approve of uh, of Hugh Jackman, Yes. but they are still writing letters, they are pen pals, this transitions into the second song, which is A Million Dreams. His dad which is dies. Where they grow up that in this song, and this is, a, this is a song, I'm sure that there's an actual term for this, but I do want to give resident historian Mike Manzi a shout out. He coined a term called songtage, which is like a montage <laughs> in a song like where that. it's this song it's basically brings Barnum from a young boy. He grows up, loses his girl, but he's still with her, loses his father. Yeah. He's, yeah. I wrote down he's hungry because he's stealing food from the streets. He's hungry. Oh, Blow and fat. in that part, a lady with a um a, a yeah. face, a yes. funny face. I don't I don't know how to say what's wrong with her face. I've been calling them the oddities because he calls them the oddities. Like just it's fair. A, it's that's a good word oddities. for it. I think that's a that's a non-offensive word for it, right? Okay. Well, it's it's not offensive within the movie. I don't know if it is. I don't yeah, I, don't, I don't, know don't know how to. I don't know. No. But yes. yes, a woman a woman that one day he would hire for his circus. Gives yeah. him a, uh, an apple. It sort of, I guess, maybe you know, flicks flicks a switch in his heart or something. It's like, oh, these are people too. Yes, and he gets that apple. From what I gather from the trivia on IMDb, which I, did, I cut out most of it because it's not about Zeph and I don't care. It feels like a lot of these things about Barnum's life are sort of based in reality, but kind of just taken little bits and pieces of for the movie. And so I don't know if he ever really actually met her. You know, I think his father did die. I think he was probably homeless. We raced through all of that. But a lot of the things in this movie, it's sort of like a, oh, yeah, he sort of did something like that, but it's not actually the way it went. So yeah, just sort of. But again, that's not the movie. That's not the story this movie is taking. If it was, this movie would be depressing as fuck. Like it would be real rough. But In a Million Dreams, the songtage, he grows up. He gets back together with Michelle Williams. Can I just say something about him growing yes. up for a second? Hugh Jackman is 50 years old, and he's supposed to be, like, 20 when they grow up. Well, yeah. how long... So, I guess he's supposed to be, like, 20 to 30, roughly, in this movie? They are supposed to be young people. And Michelle Williams, like... Even Michelle Williams is on, like, the upper edge of how old they are supposed to be in this. Yeah. I thought that that was weird. But again, I think... So, here's the other weird, sort of weird thing about this, is that this was a dream project of Hugh Jackman for eight years. Since 2009, he's wanted to make this movie. He's apparently read like 30 or 40 biographies about Barnum. Like, he has been obsessed with this. And so I feel like even 10 years ago, he would have been probably still too old. But I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like, this is the movie that we want to make. Such a passion project. Exactly. I want to be Barnum. I love this man. I don't know if he he loves the man. Like, I love the story. I love all of this. 
and that's like I think the reason this exists is because of Hugh Jackman. That makes sense. That he's just, like, just old enough and like baller enough yep. that he could just be like, I'm yep. gonna make this movie, and that's it. But the songtage in A Million Dreams ends with him proposing to Michelle Williams, them getting a small apartment together, them dancing, and then she's pregnant. And so it's like this rapid thing from like basically ten years old to maybe like twenty twenty two over the span of like four minutes, but like it's this world of life changes. It was a it was a nice convention too. I, I actually like that they did it like that. It played well with the song and like it, it took you to where they were in a very condensed amount of time. Yeah, it was a sontage. It was beautiful. It was yep. a really, really nice play. I liked it. The next song is Come Alive, where we're down we're like we're basically getting the band back together for the very first time. That's where he's recruiting his oddities and he's like, Bearded Lady, got you. Tom that Thumb, was a got song? you. Come alive, yeah. I can't it's not remember great. The song. I, I mean I remember that like that happening in the movie. Yeah, I didn't Did remember you know it was the song. That in real life, he recruited Tom Thumb when he was four years old. Really? And the bearded lady when she was one. Whoa. Was, yeah. They really? were like tiny children. Well, so Tom Thumb in the movie is 22. Yeah. And the bearded lady is, I guess, probably roughly the same age. No, they were both yeah. like babies when he started selling them. Well, so that says something about him, but that also says something about their parents. Well, yeah, it does. I think like someone made this point already. Like it was in a time where like they were able to make money off of it, and that was the only career that they were going to have. And they did. Yeah. Like they both were like you know they did this for their lives and made a lot of money. Yeah. Just yeah, that makes sense. I agree. I think that if if you had a child back then that had any type of oddity, as Barnum would put it, if you were like, hey, I have a way for them to have a career and possibly be accepted. As a parent, I think that I'd have to take that. Well, you know you were, what I mean? And if you were poor, and that was the only way you could make money, yep. like, what choice do you have? Well, I think it's the same thing today. Like, you know, when parents whore out their kids to be child stars because they don't have, uh, yep. like, a way to fall back on things. So The Hollywood Project era or whatever, right? Yeah. Hollywood Complex, yep. Hollywood Complex, yep. If you lived here, you'd be home now. Shout out to another Zack Attack episode. Go check that one out. And Zack Efron lived in that complex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also in Come Alive, we see Zendaya. This is also they're performing this. This is when they're singing and the, the crowd is loving it. Uh, it's the first time that they actually you know, sell tickets because we're past the museum. The museum is a flop. We are now into like the circus element of it. Yes. People are there. Everybody loves it except for House of Cards guy. Yeah. Because he's no, just well, and there's grumpy, like a, a gang of dudes who are very angry about it. But yeah, but the House of Cards guy is like in the actual auditorium, like yes. watching the show. They're all just like an angry, drunken mob outside. Yeah. But then we meet Philip Carlyle, Zach Efron himself, who's a playwright. But as we learn, there's a little bit of a scandal there. So fitting right, right. in with Zach Efron's. What's the scandal? I don't remember, but they, they he's introduced as there's a little bit of a scandal there. I think he writes these like really depressing plays that people like they, like he's a very talented guy, but his whole thing is like he's impressed that Barnum people leave Barnum's show feeling happier than when they got there. And so they sort of like you know have to work together eventually after he convinces after you know he's convinced to do it that like he's going to tell the story Barnum's gonna like bring the excitement and the fun and like have people like leaving. So it's gonna sort of blend the two worlds. Makes sense. So they start drinking, which was an awesome shot, because I mean, we've had a couple other Zeph drinking shots, but as you know, I'm alcoholic. So anytime I got to see him like ripping shots, 
yep. fine by me. I this was reminded really me of the opening of Mike and Dave. It's exactly what I thought of. With Mark Maron. Yeah, where they pretend that they're not brothers, yeah. and he's like... And they're Australian or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The song in the scene is The Other Side. This is your favorite song? Hands down. This is my favorite one. Um, we get the most Zeph in it. It was a really fun one. The whole, like, premise of them being in the bar, yep. and, like, the making the agreement, and them coming together. It just, like, everything about it. I think that's a really cool part of the movie. I would watch the movie again for that part. That's how much I liked it. It's great. They ret- the, the song ends with them at the circus, and he sees Zendaya, and from the from the jump, he is smitten with her. He is just he is. in love. And she says something like, you know, what's your thing, what's your act? He's like, I don't have an act. She says, everyone's got an act. So yep. Tell him. Exactly. Then they get invited to Buckingham Palace, except they actually, Barnum gets invited. Barnum and Carlisle get invited. But then they're like, either all of us go or none of us will. So they all go. I wonder if that was in real life. Well, did that really happen? Tom Thumb and Barnum went in real life. Yeah. Okay. But then that's when he meets Jenny Lind and recruits her. And then all of a sudden, we're in America at Jenny Lind's show. She sings Never Enough. This is when I started crying because Zeph grabs Zendaya's hand. Then the, you know, the white people in the crowd see this like mixed race relationship. And he drops the hand and she walks off devastated. Were they like having an adulterous relationship in real life? No. I don't know if Philip Carlyle's real. Okay. Oh, I don't Philip Carlyle is not real. Okay. I, I couldn't no. find anything about him being a real person. No, no, no. Not, not Oh, you Zeph. mean Jenny Lynn? You mean Jenny Lynn? No. They, yeah. they weren't. I looked, I also tried to look that up and I couldn't find anything that said that, that any part of that storyline was reality. Okay, because it, like, they really made it look like, like, she was trying to get it in, and I thought that Bardem was banging her at some point. I mean, he wants to, but I think he's, like, in the movie, at least, he's, like, a good enough guy that, like, he loves Michelle Williams and doesn't want to, and that's why he's sort of ambushed by that kiss in the picture there. This is where the movie, this is the part of the movie that I don't love, because I feel like this sort of feels, like, sort of shoehorned in there for conflict, even though there's conflict as it is, yeah. you know, with the crowd riding against the circus. Like, yeah, I, I didn't like, like whole... I didn't like her character at all. I thought that she was useless other than being the good singer. Like, I don't think that she moved the story along at, at any part of it. And that's really strange, because there's so many other parts of his life and his business that they chose to, like, either leave out or kind of, like, mash together. That's one that happened in real life that they chose to leave in, and, like, leave factual in some ways. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. They just needed a conflict. They just needed an easy conflict, and it was one. But they have conflicts. They could have him go off and, like, just not show it. Like, I know it's sort of his movie, and they want to show it, but, like, they could have him leave, and then, like, sort of, like, Zeph and all the oddities are, like, scrambling to put on a show because, like, their leader is left. Or yeah. you have the conflict of, like, the town finally, like, rioting against. Or, like, you could do any number of things. I think you needed to, you needed her there just to give us the moment at the end when Zeph can bail him out because he lost all the money on her. I think that's the, that's the link. But at the same time, I'm like... I wish they had just given us something else. If you're going to be liberal with it, like, and you're not going to use, like, the real story of it, why give, like, a, such a realistic, boring version of this one? It doesn't make any sense to me. You could have made it much more fantastical, in my mind. I think so, too. The next song happens after Jenny Lynn's performance. That's when they, the oddities are shut out, and they sing This Is Me, which is the song that was nominated for the It's a Oscar. good number. It's a good yes. number. I like I liked the whole tone of it. And I also thought that, like, that was pretty douchey of Barnum in general to do this. Oh, yeah, this. no. I mean, that's sort of his thing. He's just, like, he's there for himself. Like, he's trying to, you know, he's treating these people well because they are essentially his meal ticket to the upper class and to, like, this life that he wants. 
but he, you know, he once he gets to that world, he feels like he no longer needs them, and he's just like a douchebag. Great. Yeah, that sucks. Like that's such a shitty thing to see. Like when when I saw it, I was like, come on. Like I, I was hoping they would riot against him even more and have like put on their own show, but they're very forgiving of him, and that kind of sucks. I think they should have put him through the ringer a little bit more. But they need him. They, they don't though. They do. They could have run away with Zeph and just fucking just made this. But they don't yeah. have any money. Zeph had the money. If Zeph can bail Barnum out, he could have he just been like, yo, fuck you, we're out. And then just like left with the fucking. The mm, he wasn't ready for that yet, though. I don't think That's so either. true. He's such a small boy. Because he is the only person in this movie, as you said <laughs> earlier, who develops, and so he wasn't there yet. Yes. What I do love about This Is Me is the staring daggers. Zendaya gives to Zeph as he's watching from the rafters. Like, she is angry dancing at him. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. do not cross Zendaya. Like, she is so angry and just like, everybody's angry, but she's like super angry, like, at Zeph. And I was like, yep. I've seen this look on Rachel's face many a times. <laughs> she doesn't angry dance at me anymore, but I see it. We sort of, like, somehow rectify their relationship because Zeph and Zendaya go to the theater together. But before they even go to the theater together, they are walking up the stairs. Zeph's parents always around in the, like the, the least opportune times. And yeah. sees the two of them. And he introduces her and she says, you know, you have to know your place. And he says, mother, if this is my place, then I don't want any part of it. And she, like, you know, she insults Zendaya and Zendaya runs off. And then that's when Zeph chases after her. And that's when they're saying we And as charge. usual, Zeph is the most progressive character in the movie. Yep. As always, he's always the voice of reason. He's always the logical one. It's awesome. So I was, I was very proud of him for standing up for his interracial relationship. And that's awesome for him. And it was cool that he stood up to his parents. Although I'm sure that this is just fake for the movie because he's not even a real guy. But I'm glad that he's the one carrying the torch forward Absolutely. for us. Absolutely. I like couldn't stay in that part because she had on this dress because they were going to some. Yes. And the wacky dress. She ran away. The green one. He. She ran away. I guess back to the, the circus. Yeah, she's gotta get. She gotta like vent. She's gotta get her anger out. She had a circus. She had a circus. So she ran she had away. The circus. And by the time he found her, which was like 30 seconds later, she was in a circus costume and her wrists were wrapped. Like she was ready to well, circus. I feel like which was she's really like strange. Superman. She's always dressed for the circus underneath her clothes. That was yeah, she just like rips the dress off and she just circus. I mean, look, like, that's it. I'm also always dressed for circus underneath my clothes. That's not what it looks like. Well, I also um, think that like we think it's 30 seconds later, but maybe he went to a few different places to find her or something. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, fair. It also the movie sort of implies it's like immediately but, after, but it might not like, be immediately after. It might be like later that night or the next day or whatever. But wait, like you guys are could have it could have been a weird time lapse here. But you guys are, like, defending him. And, like, yeah, he said the right thing. So earlier, when, when never enough is happening, he's absolutely, like, he's, he's in the wrong there because he sees the scornful eye instead of standing yes. tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, but he makes it right. I don't think he's at fault at all here because he but introduces he still, her to no, the parents. No, because he responded slow enough to let her run away. Do you know this what is, I mean? This is like, the thing that he wasn't like, I think no, as men we won't understand. He, he, let her, he let her think that she couldn't be there. He let her run away. Not that you can't tell someone not to run away, but you know. I concede this argument now because I've lost many an argument like this to Rachel before and I'm terrible with time. I like, I have no, I just have male timing. I, I would have been like, I told my parents it was you, you know, like what the fuck do you want from me? And th that's not, that's also not a good answer afterwards. I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, what the fuck did you want me to do is not the right, yeah, thing. His heart's in the right place. It's just that his head is not there yet. But he, by the end of the scene, he's firmly 
really like, no, this is the love that I want to share with the world or whatever. And that's when he basically, you know, disowns his parents in some form and then yeah. goes and finds Zendaya. She's upset by it. I think she's upset by the situation, by her, pa- by the, by his parents, and maybe also by him. But by the end of Rewrite the Stars, she knows that they're together because this next song is great and it's adorable. They're swinging and they're using the ropes and the pulleys and they're just going all up yeah. and down. And it is great. It was really cool to see Zep and her, and it was just, like, a n- fantastical for my brain. Like, them, like, dancing and swinging in, and her, like, falling into his, rolling into his arms and stuff. It was, it was cool. I didn't like the song so much, but um, having Zep in it made it much more enjoyable for me. I agree that, that this was one of the best scenes, but, like, the actual reality of looking at it, it was, like, so impossible that it made me really, really <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Why? Why? Tell me. Tell me. So to be lifted up and down like that, like you either need, it's usually a human being pulling you up and down like that, which obviously they didn't have. And they did this shot. Are they like, are they like burly men that do it? Like, that's what I'm imagining that you have to have like a, like a strong. No, I mean, yeah, but like often it's on a pulley system, which makes it easier to pull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not like the kind of burly men. The science, the the science I get. The barbells with like the really thin bar and like the gigantic balls on the sides, like the old timey burly men. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking at the fir- at first too. I get mustache. the pulley system, but yeah, exactly. I mean, just to open your mind, I've seen a lot of women pull people. Are they big burly women with mm. mustaches? <laughs> They're like medium sized women, and they don't have mustaches. <laughs> All right, that's fair too. You know, or two people can do it. At, at one point in the scene, like she like g- grabs the rope and like yanks down. And this apparently like rockets the sandbag up in the air. That's what made me like, crazy. Sort of, it was yeah. a, it was a really tiny sandbag. But she's also a tiny person. I don't know. No. I also because I I realize in the moment that this is one hundred percent impossible and yeah. did not care. Yeah. yeah exactly. No. I you definitely have to like let go of that and but it it made me a little bit crazy and like oh the, I can get it yeah, the apparatus that they were swinging on like kept changing in and out like totally randomly anyway it was still fun i don't care about that and it was probably (laughs) my friend my friend who does a lot of rigging was also watched like how they made that and said that that part was really cool oh okay like the actual like the making of the band making the video part of it oh cool that's that that would be interesting yeah i wouldn't get any of it but that would be interesting (laughs) the next song we have is probably the most forgettable because i don't remember anything about it it's michelle williams song tightrope mm, what is she singing about this is when uh hugh jackman is traveling the country jenny lynn and applauding her and she's going alone to her daughter's ballet recital and applauding her alone and it's basically yeah, like how no she's sad and is. mopey and life comes out fast and then this is also the song that we see like jenny lynn devastated by hugh jackman's you know spurning of her like she thinks that there's something going on there and he says no i'm in love with my wife but I don't remember yeah, a single thing I about totally, the song. I don't I, remember sure, that at all. Like, I love Michelle Williams, and I, I sort of I like her enough in this movie, but like I don't remember anything about the song. That's unfortunate that they made her so bland that we can't really remember. Yeah, I definitely but agree. Yeah, she's very bland in this movie, and she's just dumb and smiley. That's yep. all it is. We rapid fire through conflicts that they kiss in front of the cameras. She says that was goodbye. You know, she's going to quit the tour. There's the riot. The circus is set on fire. Zeph races in to find Zendaya. Zendaya comes running out the back entrance. Then Hugh Jackman goes to find Zeph. And then he comes out and Zeph is alive, but like not not doing great. And then they go to... Don't skimp over it. He was almost shirtless. Almost shirtless. Well, he wasn't though. No. I know. We got, we got, we got a little bit of midriff. Yep. And a lot of, and a lot of beat up. And we got a Zeph fight. We did. We have a lot of like really, I feel like we have a lot of like deep 
shirtlessness, but like he's always got like shirt on most of his torso. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed by it, I, especially with the fire part. First thing that came to my mind though was this Zeph is on fire sung to this girl was on fire when i was watching it and the shirtlessness but it was it was almost there we were so close so i don't know if you know this or not but we like to keep track of all Zeph's shirtlessnesses yep because he's pretty much shirtless in every movie including his like first one ever we do shirtless and we do crying and then we also did a couple other ones but those are the two big ones Mm -hmm. yeah shirtless how he's how he's shirtless and how he cries in every movie is what we like to keep track of did he cry in this or is he just in the verge of tears a lot i don't think he cried I don't think he cried. I didn't. I didn't see a full. I didn't see. A, I don't see a full Zeph cry. Well, Zendaya cries when she's at his bedside and she's singing like a, a little reprise or a reprise. I don't know how you pronounce that. Of rewrite the stars, she's sort of singing that to him as he can't hear. And then he wakes up, and they are then bonded for life, just like Brian and Mia in Fast and Furious. Yes, you know, they've been apart, but now they're <laughs> together, and they're going to be together forever. Exactly. Just to go back to Zac Efron's shirtless for a second. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, please. You anytime should, you want, I just we can talk think about this. You all would have a bigger picture of what's happening right now to know. Uh, before we started recording, I googled Zac Efron abs, and every five minutes I look at it and scroll through it, and I'm not listening to what's happening at all. <laughs> I'm just That's looking. fine. <laughs> so what? There, because no, Jordan, let me you, tell you a story. You may, yeah, you may or may not. I think I think Joe's going to tell the same tell the same story that I am going to tell. So I'm going to let you go ahead. There. <laughs> There was a clickbait quiz yep, yep. <laughs> called Guess That Zac Efron Movie by His Abs. Yep. And Joey and I took it, and we both got 100% on it. Wow. 7 of 7. Yeah. It was, we're very good at this game. Well, so it wasn't just a close-up of his abs. It was like a, a shot of him in the scene. Like, it was like a screen cap. So you had other but, context. But right, we could have done it just purely based on the shirtlessness. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, just by, like, the time scale, I yep. could have gotten really close. <laughs> just yep. by, like, how ripped he was at the time. Because he just, like, Absolutely. morphs into, like, a superhuman by the end of, like, Baywatch. When are they the best? Is that when they're the best? Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Baywatch is, he's the, he's the biggest he's ever been in Baywatch. Yeah. I think, I think Teddy and Neighbors is probably, like conventionally that's like what girls would say he's the hottest yeah that's what i would say if i had a guess he's also very attractive in this movie too yeah he is he's like very dapper i like he's refined i also do think that he's going to be uh and this is we're gonna do the guessing game for a movie that neither of us have seen for the next one the ted bundy movie i'm glad you're playing this time which yeah and i think he's gonna be you know ted bundy's you know this, this charismatic attractive killer i think he's gonna be really good looking in that one too so we are got our zeph shirtless radar on the radar on the map yeah i'm excited so i guess realize like it, listening back if, if you want to if you want to pause this podcast go back to the beginning and every time jordan doesn't talk for a couple minutes just picture her scrolling through <laughs> pictures do it with me. Like, Google it yourself. Scroll through. I oh, we, we encourage Zac Efron to have pictures here. We do. Then the last song in the movie is when Barnum goes to the bar, he thinks the dream is over, all of his oddities show up, and either from, from now on, they're rebuilding. Zeph shows up, he's out of the hospital now, he tells Barnum that he brought joy into his life. They are now partners 50-50 because Zeph has been getting paid weekly, he's moving that 10% away, and he's going to refinance, he can't afford a building, but who needs a building in New York? Just got a cheapo tent down by the water, and they put on the greatest... He says my favorite line in the movie, Hugh Jackman goes, real estate in Manhattan, that's a terrible investment. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no. But he, yeah, but he does. He buys the land down by, down by the river, and he puts a tent on it, and then that's the beginning of 
the circus. Yep, and we get a redux or a full version of The Greatest Show where they're singing and then Zeph smiling from the wings. Barnum goes over, gives the baton, says, this is for you. The show must go on. I'm going to watch my daughters grow up. And then Zeph goes out, slides on his knees to sing, kisses Zendaya. It is the perfect end to this movie, The Greatest Showman. It is. He's, he's the Zephyr showman for sure. For sure. Get anybody, like, when we got to that final climax moment, I was just, just thinking, I want a sequel. I want a sequel where Zeph is just, like, the full-on main character, and then we get we get rid of all the P.T. Barnum bullshit in the background, and we just go with Zeph and just the oddities, and we just live the dream. I just want I movies where he, it's a musical. I want movies where he's with Zendaya. I just want movies with Zendaya. Yeah. Like, I, anything. You know, just Ooh. give me any of that kind of stuff. I want a movie with him and Channing Tatum, and they're both dancing. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Trust me. Nobody wants that more than us. <laughs> <laughs> you came to the right... Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Okay, a few little bits of trivia before we get on to the games. Okay. Uh, this is the directorial debut of Michael Gracie, who spent 20 years as an animator, digital compositor and visual effects supervisor. Which you okay. can tell, that's why this looks so good. Yeah, absolutely. It does, it's, it's just very well The same well reason composed. why like, John Wick is so cool is because it was made by, directed by guys who were worked in stunts. It's like, whatever you come from, if you're competent in making a full movie, whatever you specialize in is going to be great, and this one looks great. Yes, agreed. He, uh, Hugh Jackman met him on a commercial shoot, he said he wanted to make a movie with him, Gracie thought he was joking, and then later called him and said he wants to make this movie, and so they did. So that's pretty cool. That's What's cool funny, I forgot this when we were talking about her earlier, is that Jenny Lind, the Rebecca Ferguson part, the greatest singer in the world, was written yes. with Anne Hathaway in mind. Oh. Oh, yeah. Which would have reunited her with Hugh Jackman from Les Mis. Okay. Which would have brought her back into our lives after we saw Havoc for Channing Tatum for Magic Mike's. Yes. Also considered for the part before Re- Rebecca Ferguson got it, and Rebecca Ferguson was wanted by Michael Gracie, so that's why she got the part, but... Carrie Mulligan was considered, and I always confuse in my brain Carrie Mulligan with Michelle Williams. Yeah, okay. they do look the same. Kind and they're of. sort of similar parts, Who I is think. It? Carrie Mulligan was in, what would you know her from? Oh, she's in Drive. She's the right. girl in Drive. Okay. She was she's in, in what, Wall Gatsby. Street? The new one? She okay. was Shia's girlfriend in Wall Street. Okay. What was, like, the okay. first she thing looks she familiar. was in, Like, there was, like, one movie that she got, like, really well known for. Uh, she, oh, An Education? No. Mm, that's not what great. I'm thinking of. It could be. Maybe it She's was also Drive. inside Lewin Davis, but I don't know if you've seen that, Joe. No. She looks familiar, but I can't place where I know her from. I'll I'll remember when I wake up tomorrow and send you a message and be like, her! Yep. In my yeah. brain, I confuse her with Michelle Williams, so to have them both in the same movie either would have further complicated things or solved everything for me. I don't know which way that would have yeah. gone. Do you know why? It's because they have the same hair. I think so. That's exactly why. <laughs> yes. Joey's really bad with the hairs. Not as bad as I am, though, with blonde Natalie Portman. Yep. Oh, so that's that's great. So we watched Song of Song, the Terrence Malick movie, and Joe, all movie long, was writing down notes like, who is this blonde, who's this girl who looks like blonde Natalie Portman? Turns out it was blonde Natalie Portman, so... Yeah, so all of my notes had blonde Natalie Portman over here, and then, like, at the, at the very end, it's like, and Natalie Portman. And I was like, oh, shit. It was Blonde Natalie Portman. And Jordan, on that episode, I told you, I told the story about how when you and I watched Lost Highway, like halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't get, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't see, like, what the point is. Yes. Like, that's, that's the same actress. I was like, no, it's not. You're like, yeah, just different hair. I was like, no. 
So see how see how simple men are. You yeah. could trick us very easily. I just need a wig. I also appreciate that Zendaya had pink hair in this. I mean, obviously, I was always going to recognize yeah. her because she's adorable, and no one looks like her. But the pink hair made her pop, so that's good. Also considered for the role of Jenny Lind was Ellen Page, which I don't think works at all. Yuck. Ugh. No, I like okay. her. But that's not, not a good fit. Same, no. definitely not a good fit. Interesting. This is a really cool little bit of trivia. So the guy actor's name is Yaha Abdul Mateen II, who in this movie plays Zendaya's brother. Was the cop in Baywatch? So a little bit of a Zefnection Ooh, there. A little Zefnection for him. What's I like it. Weirder is that Michelle Williams made her debut in the Baywatch TV series. Very weird. So it's this whole, like, Baywatch-averse. <laughs> Apparently. And my last bit of trivia, unrelated to anything, was that Hugh Jackman obviously plays Logan in the X-Men movies, but Zac Efron played a character named Logan in The Lucky One. Look at that. He they are did. the same person. They are the same. They are the same. That's really funny. I love that, like, when these 14-year-old girls write these trivia <laughs> questions on IMDb, and they just link the most random shit together. Those are my favorite. Well, what Mike and I realized, Mike realized, is we were watching a Charlize movie, and like through the first 20 movies, she was named Candy twice. We were like, what? Yeah. And that wasn't on yeah. my TV. Like, Mike was just like, hasn't she been a Candy before? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I think it was in Cider House Rules and Waking Up in Reno that she was Candy. And I was like, that's such a weird name for her to be named twice. But hey, whatever. That's barely yeah. even a real name. I know. Yeah. Jordan, do you have any thoughts about The Greatest Showman before we get into our games segment of the podcast? I think I said all my thoughts. Did you like it overall? Just like hot or cold? Did, did everybody like it? Joey well, really you, you liked it. You have two it. answers for the two different Jordans who watched this. Yeah, there's two different. I liked it, and also I didn't like it at all, and I don't think it should have been made. Fair. But the fact that it got made, and that the fact that if you were able to turn off your brain, thumbs up. Yeah. I liked it for Zeph. I still think it was lazy. Fair. Could have been better. I liked it for Zeph. I I'm not a fan of musicals. Hugh Jackman got outshined. But how does this compare to Hairspray? Better. Definitely better than Hairspray for me. But you like all three High School Musicals better than this? Yeah. Okay. Way better. Yeah. And where does this compare to La La Land? I, well, La La Land's like just it's not even a comparison. La La Land just such trash that I, the, anything is better. So so, so cruel. Okay. That's fair. just that was just like my opinion. That's a, I wasn't that wasn't a fact. That was just an opinion. So cool. Do you have any other thoughts about this movie before we move on or no? No, let me look one more time. Oh, whenever the red-headed woman came on, the best singer in the world, I just referred to her as the Red Witch the whole time because she was, like, out there trying to get some <laughs> shady shit to happen. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got. Cool. Well, our next segment is the mailbag segment. And, Joe, I don't want to overhype this. Yes. But I think this is the best mailbag we've ever had. Best in terms of quantity, quality, both? Both. Both. Okay. Nine emails. Holy fuck! Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. First email from our most recent fan that we, t- we talked about last episode, Aaron, Aaron O'Malley. Aaron O'Malley. This is an, in response to Tap Tap, Is This Thing On? Yes. This was... Okay, so we she, we were talking on Mar- on March 1st, which is the day that we recorded the Disaster Artist episode. So then... Yes. You know, we were talking about that. We, we I sort of answered her. She answered me back. We talked about all that last time. A week okay. later, she emails me and she says, Okay, just a quick update because I whipped through a bunch and made it to the Zephys. Which means, in a week, wow. she listened to everything we did pretty much. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Bless her heart, man. Cool. She says, You guys referenced Geronimo's in New Haven. Are you guys recording there? I grew up in Branford. She's now in Seattle. So we talked 
talked about that. You messaged her about that. Yes. Uh, real weird, small little world. This bar, tequila bar in New Haven. She knows the fact that she found our podcast completely unrelated to New Haven. Yes. And then also had that reference point is just bananas. And also she's like friends with a guy that owns a bar across the street whom I also know and have hung out with. So very, very small world indeed. And then she says number two, Bear Grills exclamation point, which I guess we talked about maybe in the Zephys. Maybe. I'm I was sorry. way drunk. I, I, I don't I remember do any remember. of the Zephys. Yeah. I'm sorry, but watching him handle a soggy dead animal and eat worms definitely should get some kind of honorable mention. She says that is all. <laughs> cool. Fair. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for the email. We appreciate it. Send us another email. You asked about if we were going to do this one. So when you listen to this one, send us another email. And we won't read it for seven years because he's still shooting the fucking Ted Bundy movie. Yep. But yeah. Is that that's how far away the next one is? I mean, it's going to be fun. He's still shooting it. Like, we don't even have a... Anything It'll be out it, later so. this year, so I hope. Well, we're, we're gonna get to something later that might have. A, we might have an idea for something we can do later. We'll get to that email later. Okay. Oh, actually, also, I, I want to say I, I need to correct myself. It wasn't seven days later she listened to it. It was two days later. So she really flew through these. Okay. Wow. I responded and said, "You're flying through these. We'll get on this email on the Greatest Showman episode. But I don't want to leave you hanging." And then I said, "You know, you live in New Haven with Rachel." Small world. Yeah. And she says, "Nice. I had mod pizza shipped out here last year. I miss East Coast pie." She miss, I guess she misses a beats. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that word. But yes, she misses <laughs> She misses pizza from New Haven, which is yep. very good. Next email from Jess Montez. Oh, Jess Montez. Subject line, I'm still alive, bitches. She says... <laughs> Barely. Listen, I am a pre... Again, I love from the jump she is condescending to Aggressive. <laughs> Just aggressive out of the Unnecessarily gate. so. Just like, okay. hey, guys. She didn't even say, hey, guys. It just... She calls us bitches, and then the first word is listen, so <laughs> combative listen. from the beginning. Listen. Listen. I'm approaching this disaster artist, but I have to say, much to my chagrin, I have still yet to see the room, I have not read this book, and I freaking loved this movie. I'm going to say here, editorialize for a second, go see the room, go read the but book. Possibly, but possibly you did it in the best order, honestly. You think? I think you should watch a disaster artist, the movie, then watch the room, and read the then book. read the book. Why? I think that would be the best. We don't like the movie. We, we decided on the Disaster Artist episode that we don't like that movie. I didn't love it either. I think that most enjoyable for you t- to watch-wise would be to do the order that I said. You know, yeah, we, we didn't Disaster talk about Artist. that show, but I actually fully agree with you. I think that's the best mm-hmm. way to do it. Because going, if you go watching the room, reading the book, watching the Disaster Artist... It's going to be a disappointment. Yeah, it, it becomes a disappointment. But if you watch them in the reverse way, mm-hmm. or like you yep. did it the, the way that I just said, I think that you would get maximum enjoyment of each piece because the disaster artist is too the movie is too condensed it's too abbreviated it's not the book in the slightest and so to have a little bit of a backstory into like how crazy it was then you see the actual on-screen craziness and then you expand you'd be like oh shit this movie's hilarious i remember that scene from disaster artist this is really fucking hilarious and then you'd read the book and you'd be like oh and then this is what was actually (laughs) going on yep it would be really cool and I know that Jordan loves the book, because Jordan was telling me to read the book for years and years and years, and I finally did, so... Well, I just love the book because I like the movie, though. Right. Well, yeah. The room, yeah, not, so if not you the were, But if you were yeah, a fan yeah. already invested in this, you can see why we would be disappointed, right? In the order that we that they came out. Oh, so. yeah, 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 yeah. I had a lot of problems with the movie, with the disaster artist. 
Yeah. Jess signs the email, P.S. Give me some time. I'll be the Jess Montez of these other shows, too. I'm almost positive. I'm here for you to continue shaming me for years to come. So <laughs> we said that she's busy, but we do have three other podcasts. We have the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast. Yeah, we're just putting out shit way too fast anyways. Jess, just stop listening. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep referencing you, but, like, I've given up myself, so don't worry Magic, about it. You, you, wait, you don't even listen anymore? No, I listen. I'm just kidding. Better listen. I No, I definitely listen. I think your edits are hilarious. Go ahead. Magic makes the Channing Tatum podcast and Ryan Gosling's boyfriend material. All three of those come out on a monthly basis. Zach Attack boyfriend you know, has ordered. Yes. But we were giving her a hard time. Like, she hasn't emailed enough. You know, she got a new job. Uh, she's been busy. You know, here we are. She's emailing in. And not only that, next email, also from Jess Collins. In reply, yes. re, I'm still alive, bitches. She says, also <laughs> I want to note that I tried really hard to see The Room before seeing this movie and researched it, read all these Wikipedia articles, etc., etc., prior to watching. So I think that go- kind of oh. goes against our recommended order of operations. Don't read about yeah, it, just go sorry see sorry about that. Yeah, just go see The Room. Just fucking just watch it. Watch it with somebody, drink during it. Go to a screening if that's a choice yep. for you. Exactly. That's, that's how you really should do it. Yeah. Or just watch it with somebody that loves it so that they can laugh with you. Like, just don't watch it by yourself. Oh, the other, the other story that I told Jordan, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to remember this, but... The first time I ever saw The Room, it was me, Scully, Renee, you, and Larson at Larson's house. I remember and you exactly and the time like, that you're talking about. You and Larson were like, oh my god, you guys all need to see The Room. The Room is great. This is like 08 or 09. <laughs> and you're like, this is the best movie. You're going to love this. And we get there. We have our normal night of whatever, you know, hanging out. It's finally time for the movie. You and Larson get in a huge fight and go upstairs. And me, Scully, and Renee, <laughs> who had never seen the movie before, are awkwardly sitting in your basement. We're all friends. We're just like, should we start the movie? Or should we wait? <laughs> and, like, you guys were clearly not coming down. And we're just Fair. like, okay, we'll just watch the movie. And then it was three people who had no context for what we were about to see <laughs> watching the movie. And we're like, oh, this was terrible. And then we just left. Yeah. I remember Scully hating it. I'm sorry. Scully texts me every once in a while now. He's just like, hey, what do you think of this movie? I'm like, I don't know, it's pretty good. He's like, all right. And then he like responds like two hours later. He's like, no, I don't think I don't think it was that good. <laughs> or or he's like crazy <laughs> about it or whatever. I'm sorry I brought you into the room incorrectly. That's my bad. But it's fine. I, I made it there in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Next email, also from Jess Collins, is email number five in total. Fire ass titles. Jordan, this is a game that we're going to play later where we... You'll get it's to basically play. the High School Musical game where High School Musical is the most boring, generic version of that movie, the title that it could possibly be. And so we're going to rename this movie, The Greatest Showman, to be a High School Musical-esque movie title. We call that game Fire Ass Titles. Jess Montez, when she listens, writes them down, ranks them, sends them in. So she says, in parentheses, I miss this game so much. Well, hey, Jess Montez, we are... We play it for fucking every... We play it for all the new games, too, right? But the other two. Well, because they're all named... Fast, yeah. Fast and Furious, you Fast really and Furious Five. Do better for those. Yeah, well, we you could. could. We we might. You at, know, some, you at, some could. at some point, we're gonna get there. Like we we watch them enough, we can start renaming them. But like for now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It works pretty well. So. The Nas ass titles round lap. Not Nas ass titles. I like it. All right. So these are the answers that she wrote down. Joe or me and Chris said masterpiece. Joe two said New Orleans. Joey said Babyface. Joe two said Wiseau's world. Joe two said the wide wide world of Wiseau. Chris said the director. Chris said Planet Wiseau. Joe two said fashion. Joe two said dueling cameras. And Chris <laughs> said written, directed, produced, and starring. Honorable mention: her number four was Chris's the Chris R story. Oh, those are those are the ones that she did not rank. So those are all the losers. Okay. So number four, honorable mention: Chris's the Chris R story. Obviously, great. Yeah. Number three. 
was my with Chris's masterpiece, which is what its original working title was. Yeah. Number two was your The Roof. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and number good. one, I don't usually win Fire Ice titles, so I am proud to take the win here. Real Hollywood Movie was her number one. <laughs> Real Hollywood Movie was a damn good title for it. I like <laughs> it. That's a good one. Okay. Well played. Well deserved, my friend. Yeah. So now, we have a new fan. We have another new fan? Another no new way. fan. No way. Yep. No way. you got to be bullshitting me. Nope. And I've seen her liking things on Facebook, so she is in it to win it. Fuck. Who is this? It's a woman named Sarah Shevnok. S-H-E-V-E-N-O-C-K. Shevnok? Shevnok, maybe? Shevnok. I think Shevnok. Tell us how to pronounce it. Email us back and tell us how to pronounce it. She we'll writes, you proper the, credit. The, the subject line is Zach Efron Filmography Project. Okay. She writes, hello, Joey and Joe, if I may be so forward. You can. My name is Sarah, and I'm a college student who just embarked on a quest similar to yours. Over the course of five weeks... Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Over the course of five weeks, I watched almost all of Zac Efron's films in an event I called Zephronathon. Oh, I like it. Liam would be proud, because he calls him Zephron. We don't. We call him Zeph, but, you know... To each his own. I like Zephronathon. I like that's just like really good. <laughs> I really like it. Okay, go ahead. Sarah says I graded each film on seven criteria and then published an Holy article shit. on her campus, William and Mary. She says you can find the article here. So her criteria for that's each cool. movie was she did was summary. Shirtless. Actually, she would put a gif from each movie. So she puts a title. Gif. A gif. 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 She GIF. does a gif. Quick summary, and then it's either yes or no to these seven things. Shirtless. Yes. Pantless. Ooh. Singing, dancing, winking, which I love. Ooh, winking. We never even thought about the winks. But I've definitely added a bunch of winks into, like, guesses. Did he cry? And then did I cry? Oh, deep. I'm glad that Apparently she found us and just, like, totally... We're on the same wavelength here. Exactly. We got shirtless. We got crying. We got singing, dancing. I like it. Okay. So the movies that she wrote about were Neighbors, The Lucky One... High School Musical, Hairspray, Baywatch, yeah. Charlie St. Cloud, Mike and Dave, New Year's Eve, yeah. Neighbors 2, okay. The Greatest Showman, 17 again, I'm sorry, Zephantine, Zephantine again. again. Zephantine Dirty again. Grandpa, The okay. Lorax, That Awkward Moment, At Any Price, High School Musical 2, High School Musical 3, The Paperboy, yeah. Parkland, okay. We Are Your Friends, Wave. The Derby Stallion, Ooh. Me and Orson Welles. Deep. She got deep. Okay. She got deep. I mean, this is this is impressive. It's Liberal a pretty comprehensive list. Yeah. And then she puts together a thing at the end. So I want to go back up to Waif, because I'm just going to look at Waif, because that's our favorite movie of his. Go ahead. We Are Your Friends. On Valentine's Day, I decided to treat myself, and I watched another one of the films I was really excited about, 2015's We Are Your Friends, a.k.a. Waif. So she she watched it on Valentine's Day? She did. Makes sense. She did Makes boyfriend sense. stuff Perfect on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. She did boyfriend stuff on Valentine's Day. Summary, Zach Efron is Cole Carter, an up-and-coming DJ who just wants to know, are we ever going to be better than this? This girl gets it. She gets She it. does. She's my kind of peoples. I like it. Shirtless, yes. Pantless, yes. Singing, no. Dancing, yes. Winking, no. Did he cry? Sort of. Did I cry? Sort of. Huh. She says, how to describe this movie in one sentence. It's like the social network, if the social network were a made-for-TV movie that aired on MTV <laughs> between the hours of 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. <laughs> that being I like said... It. Underlined in italics, I really did like this movie. It's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Maximum Joseph. Yes, Maximum Joseph. First, I love the premise. While it is a typical trope of an up-and-coming artist following his dreams, it kind of turned the trope on its head as the artist is an inspiring EDM DJ. I mean, this movie made me, a girl who mainly listens to Broadway cast albums and Taylor Swift, care about EDM music. 
great job, Wave. I, I, I'm sorry to say, Sarah, that based on your music taste alone, I don't think Joe likes you anymore because those. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like you. I, I just, to who he is. I'm, I'm not. We're not that close to Sarah yet. I'm not going to give any of my thoughts. Okay. On Taylor Swift at this point. Or Broadway cast recordings. Yes. Second, it was very clear throughout the film that director Max Joseph had a vision. Maximum Joseph. Fully agree with you. Yes. The film had a goal, and while it could be debated whether or not the stylistic elements helped to achieve that goal, it was a treat to watch. The use of music throughout definitely made sections of the film feel like music videos held together by a thread of a narrative, and while that may seem like criticism, I feel like that choice worked for the film. I like a few things about this. It goes on, and I'm pausing here. Not only does she get it, not only does she like this movie and she's pointing things out like she's smart about film... She's also a good writer. Like, this is, like, this yeah, is well us, but I like smarter. It. It's, yeah, exactly. We just do, like, the really dumbed-down version of it. Yep. I would agree. We just talk longer, it seems yeah. like. With regards to Zac Efron's performance, I think he did a great job with what he was given, but I wanted to see more. Throughout the film, Cole makes certain choices that make you wonder why he's doing these things. Exploring his emotional backstory only could have helped this film, and Zac Efron totally could have handled some scenes of heavy drama. Yes. On a personal Great. note, this film has a special place in my heart because every time I would mention it to my mom, she would ask, which one is this again? I would reply, oh, it's the movie where Zac Efron plays an EDM DJ. And then I would have to explain what EDM is to my mother, which made me laugh every single time. <laughs> Fair. So yeah. she gets to the end, and she says she watched 22 Zac Efron movies in five weeks, so more than one every two days. Yeah. This is, I'm not going to read any more, but I'm going to give her Zephronathon by the numbers. Number of films in which he cries, 10. Number of films in which he winks, 8. Number of films in which he's shirtless, 15. So Jordan, right there, almost a three-quarter batting average. Almost 750. But I got the one yeah. where his shirt stays on. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Number of films in which he sings, 10. Number of films I cried, 8. Number of films in which he dances, 13. Number of films in which he is pantless, 7 which is a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Number of movie musicals he has starred in, five, which we know, we talked about this here. Yeah. Number of films he appeared in with Robert De Niro, two. Dirty okay. Grandpa, what was the other one? I don't know. He's in two? Oh, New Year's Eve, right? Oh, is he? No, no, is he? Yeah. De Niro. But I don't think he's, like, in it with him. Oh, no, it's... Wait. What? No, she only references him once. I don't know what the other one is. I don't know either. Sarah, write us in. Zach, attack a cage club. I mean, let us know what the other one is, because we're drawing we a forget. right now. Number of films he's appeared in with Seth Rogen, three. Number of films he's appeared in with Dave Franco, a.k.a. Little Franco, four. Yeah. Okay. We definitely love Little Franco. Sometimes I mix them up, Zeph and the Little Franco. Big and Little? You do? Sometimes my brain gets confused for a second. Well, one of them you can watch in any number of movies. One of them sort of tries people's patience while watching his movies. <laughs> <laughs> Even though... No offense to Dave Franco, because I do like him. I love his wife, Alison Brie. I genuinely, genuinely adore the movie Nerve, which is him and Emma Emma Roberts. Yeah, it's a good movie. And it. it is dumb, but it is my exact kind of brain candy. Like, I love that movie. It's just, like, soaked. It's, like, bathed in neon. It's great. Yep. It's great. Yep. I agree. That's also the movie that I saw in Austin, and Lil Franco was in the room, because he was there for the screening, so pretty He was cool. in the room? Yeah. <laughs> Contain a few days ago, sir. I came across your podcast and was so pleasantly surprised to find that people have taken on such a similar challenge. So far, I've listened to the Waif and Neighbors episodes, and I'm excited to listen to the rest. They get way better, trust me. They do. It's so nice to come across other Zac Efron fans. Keep up the good work. All the best, Sarah Schneevnock. So, Sarah... Write in two things. Number one, how to pronounce your last name. Number two, what is the other movie he was in with Robert De Niro? Don't know when we'll read this email, but it will be read on air at some point. Yes. If you send it, he will read it. But also, thank you 
for writing in. That was yeah. Great. I'm glad people were fucking finding like we we do love Zeph, and I think that we give him a pretty fair shake most of the time. Okay, I'm glad that you found them. And if you like the movies, I think the podcasts are fun, and yeah. the the later ones, and like the deep cuts, like listen to the Parkland one or yep. the fucking Derby Stallion one. Like those will be those are my most fun. Or Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure too. Yeah, or the yeah, just go balls deep, just right in. All right, next email from Aaron O'Malley. Subject line: The Disaster Fan, aka me. Joe, I want to let you know that this is the longest email we have ever received. But is it very long? Cool. Okay. In our commitment to reading everything on air, here we go. We'll read it. Okay. Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed your St. Patty's Day weekend. Re-entry into the work week isn't too painful. I like her already. She is, I mean, first off, sweet. number one, it's very the sweet. most Irish name in the history of names, Erin O'Malley. Like, come on. That is yeah. the most Irish name in history. But she's saying, she I hope you guys Guinness. ease through the weekend. You know, knows that Rachel, because you talked to her, is the manager of a tequila bar, which we actually went to last year on St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day. We did. Yeah, we did. I met that adorable waitress, bartender, whatever, who I yes. developed an immediate crush on. <laughs> Never saw her yes, again. Yes, you did. Neither have I. I haven't seen her in a while either. So nice to hear you back with the Zack Attack episode. I was experiencing some withdrawal. Erin, okay, hold on. You, you just listened to 25 of our episodes, or 30-something of our episodes, like two weeks ago. But I do yeah. love that you got this, like, drip, 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 this morphine drip of me and Joe. Like, you OD'd on us, and now yeah. you need that fix. She's, like, scratching. She's, I like, told bubbles. you, man. Check out Boyfriend Material. Check out... They're the same shit. Same guy, different actor, man. Yep. Same shit. Same us, different abs. Yeah. <laughs> so nice to hear you back with Zack Attack episode. I was experiencing with some withdrawal. But Joe, too, was also kind enough to hook me up with an extra Miracle Run fix. Thank you for that. Oh, yes. you sent her a link to where you should watch that, because she w- she couldn't find that one. Yes. Fun fact, until The Greatest Showman, this movie was rated the highest of all his movies on IMDb, and yet it's the only one not readily available, which is crazy, and I think that's only because... And it's right. We no looked it up. It was a real fact. Yep. Yeah. The only excuse I have for living in a cave... Oh, this is right. So, Jordan, this is a, a woman who had never heard of Zac Efron before Her quote. The Greatest Showman. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you hadn't seen any of his movies, which is one thing, but to never have heard of him, we I were like, on the last was. episode, we were just like, we were like, what is going on? Yeah, she's like, she's like, I watched The Greatest Showman and saw this guy, Zac Efron, and I was like, who's that? And we were like, whoa! <laughs> and then she searched for him and found our podcast and started listening to our podcast, so it's this weird, circuitous... Apparently we're, like, easy to find, I guess? I think, who yep. knows? If, if you search Zac we're we're soon to be above Teen Vogue articles on, like... <laughs> On, on SEO. Yeah, what do you have like to Zac search to... I'm going to try it. No, she searched on iTunes. If you search on iTunes, Zac Efron... Oh, that makes sense. But wouldn't high. you have to yeah. search under podcasts? I have well, no idea. Well, if you search all, it shows up. But if you just search podcasts, I think we're probably the first one under Zac Efron. We have to be. We have to be. Sometimes we're not, like, Apple or, like... So Nerdist did an episode with Keanu Reeves or, like, Apple put out, like, one podcast episode of Keanu Reeves because, like, they're such massive podcasts yeah, that it yeah. dwarfs the 72 episodes of Keanu Club that we did. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. I'm pretty sure Zack Attack is the number one search on Zach Efron. If I Google yeah, Zach be. Efron podcast, it's the second thing. What's the first thing? Uh, Zach Efron on Nerdist. So that makes sense. All yeah, right. there you go. Okay. So after you listen to that one episode, you're like, here we are, 34 episodes in. <laughs> the only excuse I have for living in a cave is that I think I just missed the Zack origin story because of timing. High School Musical came out when I was in my late 20s, and I had no interest in cheesy Disney specials or glee, teeny bop stuff 
So neither the only do we. exposure I had to their names was probably reading a People magazine at a hair salon and wondering when I got so old that I didn't recognize anyone anymore. <laughs> Seems like it was all real wives and bachelor bullshit and CW drama chicks. Yes. I'm sure I heard his name but just lumped him in with the beaver crop, which is... I was going to say unfair to Zeph, but Despacito is a is a, is a jam. It's a damn good song. I damn still love song. Despacito. Also, I'm Baby a is fan. a masterpiece, too. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Also, he dated Selena Gomez, which we love, who we love from Spring Breakers, so not all to hate about Justin Bieber. No. And I'm sorry, but anything with Matthew Perry was an automatic no, even though Zephantine again, this is me now, Seventeen again is great, so go check that out. Yeah, it is good. Nicholas Sparks type Charlie St. Cloud, the lucky one, Sacker and Tearjerker, aren't they all the same? No thanks. She says in parentheses, don't worry, I've more than come around. The lifetime-ness is too good. So right Agreed. there on the same page with you. Yep. She continues. So then, the only Zack movies I watched turned out to be unintentional. Liberal arts, awful, so awful. Please, God, Terrible. don't ever let Ted Mosby come back in any shape or form. Which I love that she calls him Ted Mosby, just like you did. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate it. Hairspray was too jaw-dropped at how ridiculous Travolta was, I guess, although I do remember overall enjoying the movie. Fair. And The Paperboy, strictly because of Cusack, which I remember strictly because it's a movie where Nicole Kidman pees on Zeph. Yes. And she actually peed on him. We learned that. Well, maybe. She's never going to tell you. Allegedly. 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 Here's the thing. I work from home... That's the original P-tape, by the way. Oh, yeah, it is. Maybe that's the P-tape we've been looking for. We got it. We've uncovered it. We've we discovered it. Here's the thing. I work from home, and I have a tendency to always be doing something on my computer while watching TV, so at best, I'm usually paying attention to about 67%. I turned that movie off fairly early because I was bored and confused. I wasn't really paying attention. I just knew that my John Cusack, my John Cusack, was not selling me, in parentheses, seriously, so weird. So I made it to the P scene, rolled my eyes, and found something else on Netflix. So she saw the P-tape, was not her speed, moved on okay fair she says so i'm listening to my favorite murder and they're talking about how zach efron is going to be play bundy so naturally i google and was like yeah right this guy he's too pretty karen kilgariff says she thinks he'll do a good job but hopes he can tone down the sparkle in his eyes or something to that effect imagine my surprise when i discovered how many movies he's been in side yes, note same. for a second not to Pretty blow much what aaron to o'malley's mind but Karen Kilgariff, co-host of one of the most popular podcasts in the world right now, My Favorite Murder, she and I are sort of kind of Twitter friends. Oh. You sort of kind of be Twitter friends with someone. Well, she doesn't follow me. Like, it's, it's a very one-sided thing. But for a while, <laughs> before she had the podcast, before, because she was on Mr. Show, like she was a staff writer and she was an actress on Mr. Show, maybe my all-time favorite, or one of my favorite sketches from that, Jordan, you watch Mr. Show, right? Some of it, not all of it. Did you see the one with the ventriloquist? the East Coast, West Coast ventriloquist feud battle? No. She has a line in that, which is maybe the best line in Mr. Show. She plays the widow of a ventriloquist, and she just says, oh, you men, and that's it. Like there's, It's like this build-up to this thing, she just says, oh, you men, and it's perfect. So anyway, for a okay. while, she was just really good on Twitter, and my sister and I would tweet at her a lot. She would respond. We sort of like actually had like conversations and stuff. Like It wasn't just like us commenting on things and like her liking it. Like Actually wrote back, sort of went on, whatever. So then I was down in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival when I lived in Austin. And yes. she had a, a two-person musical group. It was her and the guy, like a comedic duo, and they opened for someone. I don't remember who they opened for. I didn't know that they were going to be there. 
the guy came out to introduce them and she said, this next duo, you know, there's two people, the woman has the best line in the history of Mr. Show, and I was like, oh, is this Karen? And then it was, and so because I bought, like, a VIP badge, this is a long story, but I'm sort of bragging, so because I yes. bought a VIP badge to this comedy festival, I was able to get to this bar, this lounge, where all the comedians were, so they all hung out, and they were all, like, really genuinely all super nice. So I went up to her, That's cool. and I was like, hey, I don't know if you're gonna remember me, but, like, you know, a year or two ago, whatever, you know, my sister and I, like, talked to you a lot on Twitter, and, like, I said my name, she's like, and I don't know if she's being nice or not, but she, like, she's like, oh, of course I remember you. Like, she, we talked, and, you know, we've got a picture together. And then as I'm driving home at, like, 3 in the morning, she tweets at me. She says, we did it, Twitter friends in real life. And so she remembered oh. it. She remembered me. <laughs> and so I have a picture with Karen Kilgariff. And so I don't know. I, I haven't talked to her in a while. Um, she's also friends, or she was friends. I think she probably still is friends with Greg Barrett, who, because they grew up in, they, they started the in the San Francisco comedy scene. And I actually am Twitter friends and, like, sort of real life friends with him. And he's a really famous comedian. So yeah. I'm sort of close-ish to Karen. But anyway, not to brag, but I know Karen Kilgariff. So Aaron, oh. humble oh. brag. Okay. Fast forward to Googling the shit out of Zach and finding you guys. Whenever I come across a fascinating person, quote, in the industry, I look to see if there are any interviews conducted by Chris Hardwick on The Nerdist, now The Idiot. Did he change his name of the podcast? Yeah, he did. That's dumb. Yeah. Because I really enjoy that podcast. Would you just Google Zach Efron podcast and that came up first and then is us, right? Makes sense. Aaron says, I didn't find any with Zeph, but I found Zach Attack. Voila. Honestly, I'm glad I missed his metamorphosis because it's been a blast traveling back in time and seeing his arc. I think he's very talented. I may hate some of his movies or his movie choices, but the boy commits. I gave him a lot of credit for that. Same. We agree. So she says, random thoughts. Did you guys watch his Instagram live last week? Did you watch that? We knew about it, but I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Okay. She says, I'm not sure what I enjoyed more, his, quote, deer in the headlights when it clicked that it was a live interview, or when we got a bad Zeph accent when he quoted quoted Bruce Lee, which, who boy. That sounds interesting. I need to find that. The only Zac Efron live interview that I saw, and I think I told you about this, or I think I sent you the clip of it or whatever, was at E3 a couple years ago. I, yes. I was just going to bring this up. I was going to be like, Aaron... Please watch the E3 interview when Zeph is just stoned, just <laughs> obliteratedly stoned with He's Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Fox, right? Yeah, and he is so high he can't function. It's amazing. He and Jamie Foxx are basically walking around backstage at like either like Microsoft or Sony's presser or something. It feels like they're just there to like watch video game tra- like trailers get fucked up and just like smoke as much weed as they possibly can. And then these reporters like like oh look famous people let's ask him about what's going on and it, it it feels like in my mind he's trying not to cough out weed smoke the entire interview he's he's <laughs> yeah. that high he, he's so high and he can't like control it and you see like the look of panic on his face when they're like what do you think about this and he's like uh, <laughs> like he's like he's like oh god like i shouldn't have gotten this high and jamie fox is like totally fine with being high i think they both have sunglasses on too right don't they both have sunglasses Feels on like inside? It. i don't know i, I mean it, it, it makes sense it's the best it's the best zeph interview with the and then he just like laughs like uncontrollably <laughs> for a couple minutes for a while yeah it's really bad i like that one a lot uh next random thought she says i hope someday he narrates an audiobook am i right which sure. same sure yeah i like his voice a lot i do i can't stop making zeph connections i'm starting to annoy myself yep i mean i feel like the Same. only reason that we're not doing that is just because we are trying to make gauze connections and chan connections and fast diverse connections and stuff like that like we are just on to the next thing all the time otherwise we we lived 33 episodes or 32 episodes in the normal run <laughs> we, of zeph connections we did this is something that sort of references an earlier thing in our email she writes in all capital letters don't ever stop using characters other names 
She says, it's Thank gold. Thank you. How else would I think of Piper other than Piper? Exactly. I'm glad she gets us, man. She gets it. Man. Unlike We're finding Melissa. the right kind of fans, too, right? Like, we've hit some, like, good fans lately. Like, they, they understand they us. They get it. Yeah, they do. Unlike Melissa, who hates when we call him Little Franco, or hates when we call her Piper, or, like, go back and forth. Yeah. Aaron gets it. Yeah. Because you I, have to know, like, I don't know what her character name is, but I'll always remember Piper was in The Lucky One. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, and, it's, it's always Piper. Piper. Yep. Yeah. Although, what was it? It was the uh, Miracle Run, where he basically plays the older man. Like, the, the role he plays in The Lucky One is basically the adult man in Miracle Run. Like, it's a weird before and after. <laughs> yeah. Remember that sliding door is history. <laughs> yeah. She yeah, writes, I exactly. just can't bring myself to, to watch Baywatch. It's too cringy. Then she writes, okay, we'll see. So, highly recommend Baywatch. It's not great. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And if you like Zeph, it's really fun. I listened to the remix episode while wandering around Home Goods and got more than a few looks while laughing, listening to you drunk. So, yep, that was good. <laughs> yeah, good. She then sent this picture. Oh, Jordan, sorry we're boring you. I just can't. I have no frame of reference for anything that you're talking about. <laughs> It's okay. It's totally fine. We've also never had this many emails, so this is like a, yeah, a new sorry situation. About that. So she sends this picture. Uh, it says "R.I.P. <gasps> Squirrel." Oh my god! Somebody put a cinder block. It says "R.I.P. Squirrel died August whatever 2013." You will be missed. There's a Keystone light. There are tea light candles. There are flowers. The Keystone light can. I'm gonna say what right here, fuck? we're never gonna be better than that. Oh, and I think there's like a DVD under the thing that is like. Uh, oh, no. It's a picture of an actual squirrel. I was really hoping this was like a grave for squirrel from Waif. It might as well but be. I don't know. It might as well be. It might as well be. Sprinkle some MDMA on the top of it. I love musicals, so The Greatest Showman has been on steady repeat on every device, including when I swim on my waterproof buds. So she gets it. So that's cool. two new fans in a row, Aaron and Sarah, who love musicals. So maybe, Joe, you need to get with our fans and... Come around? Come around and like musicals. No. Not gonna happen, but Maybe okay. One day. I'll watch them. Listening now to boyfriend material, which is good. I'm a Gosling fan. My husband and I constantly send each other cage material and quote, "I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire." Entirely <laughs> too often. Jordan, you know that one. I know that one. So I really should check that out. Channing Tatum doesn't hold my interest at all, though I did give my grandma a copy of Magic Mike XXL for Mother's Day because I'm a good granddaughter. <laughs> Seconded. That's that fire. She gets it. See, okay, she, she said she, she yeah. gets it if that's what she did. She yeah, says, exactly. okay, I guess I'm done with procrastinating. Cheers, guys. Signs the email E. So thank you, Thank you for the email. Thank you for the email, Aaron. Wonderful. I'm glad we can make you laugh. That's pretty much my whole goal. Of okay, life. next right. email. We got this one. We got one more. This one's sent okay. today by our fan, by our friend, Jenny McMullen. Shout out, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Email subject line, several thoughts. She says, hi, guys. Just finished listening to the Disaster Artist episode. Haven't seen it or the room and doubt I will. You didn't talk too much about its Oscar nomination for screenplay or Golden True. Globes win for James Franco. We didn't. But seems like that and similar award wins and nominations for The Greatest Showman, which you could go over tonight, because I think she, I think I maybe told her that we were recording. I think she might have messaged us on Facebook. I was like, well, yeah, this one we're recording. Yeah. So I think she knew to, to email it today. So yeah. Nominations for The Greatest Showman mean that our boy Zach is moving up in the world. Oscar caliber films. He's come a long way since Waif, which, yes, he but has. also Waif is the best movie. <laughs> it should have won Oscars, but have okay. you guys? So this is so this is uh, an uh, an idea from Jenny, which I think we could probably do as an episode. Have you guys cool. seen the TV episode of Running Wild with Bear Grylls featuring Zach, which I did not know existed? No, but this is this is also in reference to what Aaron said at the yep. beginning or yep. something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she says it's all kinds of awesome on several levels. I think you guys should do a bonus episode on it. 
you wouldn't be able I'm to sold. do your half hour or more of games, but I really want to hear what you guys think of it. Which I mean, we can play, we can milk a half hour of any games. You know, it's fine. Like we, we have, <laughs> yeah, we can bullshit. We got plenty of time. She says, "This is this is the best. This is the sweetest thing. Like this is the, such a Jenny thing. Congrats on your new fan, Aaron." Thank you, Jenny. I love it. I <laughs> Thank love you, it. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> Jenny was like our one and only fan forever, and it would just, it would pretty much just be like the mailbag would just be us talking to Jenny for five <laughs> minutes, and, and we love it. And I wanted to continue that, but I'm, I'm sure she feels better that other people have found us, so that it's not just like so much pressure on her. <laughs> I was at a client's office, Jordan, when I got the email that Jenny emailed me. And I couldn't stop smiling. I was so happy <laughs> that I was just like, we had been because because if you listen to the beginning ones, emails. we beg for emails for like the first like seven, and like no one's emailing us because we're like, who the fuck is listening to these? And then finally, finally, Jenny comes through and she's like, look, I listened to them, and we're like, yep. oh god, yes, thank you so much. Well, I we understand. had Jess like because we forced Jess to listen to them, or I forced Jess to listen to them, and she would Rachel, yes. yeah, Melissa, but Jenny was the first person actually discover us an email in and that just made me so so happy it's just delightful man it was awesome yeah I, I would feel that way if somebody i didn't know emailed about wistful thinking right i understand yeah just like it's so exciting you're like how the fuck did you find us yep. where is this shit she says after after reviving the gif issue drink i just have to say you are both right which means neither of you are wrong it's just one of those words with multiple correct pronunciations. You're both right, so how about we leave it at that? Thanks. I'm so sorry. She because she does listen to all of them. She's heard this argument She's seven tired of the times argument. at this point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> sorry. I've also looked up the Now and Again podcast, and I will give it a try when I decide which episode to listen to. Any suggestions? Cool. So I would say, honestly, the best ones are the recent ones because now that Chris is with Nico, every episode it's better. He's a consistent co-host. Cool. Nico, the Nicopedia is great. I think Joe was on episode two. I was on. I was on a very, very three. early one. Yeah, but I would listen to the most recent ones, and I would also listen to the best of 2016. I think part that one, we were on. You and I were on, and we talked about Stranger Things. That's right. Yeah. So that's like a little bit of a deviation from what that podcast normally is. But it's also, you sort of get a, a taste of the host. I mean, you, you you heard him last episode on our Zack Attack with uh, the Disaster Artist. But I would listen yeah. to the most recent ones because they are the better ones. Because uh, I think that they've really gotten to a good groove into terms of what they're doing. And they're sort of changing things. They're sort of, you know, it's going to be more exciting. And I think they're they're sort of refining the system just as we did with Zack Attack. Like, we yeah, sort of yeah, figured exactly. out what worked and what didn't work and just focused on that. Or if you want to hear us, I think episodes two and three... Joe was on two, I was, I was on, on three, two, yeah. and then I was on yeah. one other later one. I don't remember which one. You can find it. If you go to cageclub.me, you can just search for now and again, and you can just look on Check there. Check out the new host pages, by the way. You'll get Ooh, it. You'll... Yeah, you can see what we look like. You can see our bios. I wrote Joe's. Joe wrote mine. And then you we and I both bio wrote writings. Mike's. Yes, Joey we did. wrote half of mine, and then I didn't finish writing it, so it's not sure there didn't. yet. We will, it, so we'll our get gold you one will be, It will be up by the time this episode comes out on April 10th. How about that? Okay, yeah, that's a good goal. We've got 12 days to figure it out. Just kidding, it's totally there now. Totally there now. But yeah, go to cageclub.me and look for our episodes of Now and Again. If you actually, if you click on either of our names and scroll to the bottom, you can see the episodes that we were a guest on, and that way you can definitely find which episodes Joe was a guest on, which I was a guest on, and for Now and Again. So that's an easy way to do it. And you can just find that either listen on the site. Yeah, Joey hooked it up. Or listen on your iTunes app or whatever. Yeah. And if you liked my voice on this podcast, go listen to Wistful <laughs> yes. Thinking. And a yes. nice entry point for that, aside from the first episode, which I was on, is go check out the three... Well, actually, not the first one, because you weren't on the first one. Well, you can listen to the first one. We did well, three episodes in a row though. about Olympics. Oh, about the Olympics? 
Interesting. Well, Olympic movies. Well, they were all about cool hockey runnings. and or ice skating, right? Cool runnings. Yeah. We talked about, we didn't do cool runnings, but we that was up for We should have done cool runnings. We didn't. We That's the most wistful th- thinking one you could do. But okay, fine. Guess you don't need my input. You could come on and do cool runnings, even though the Olympics are over. We did the Mighty Ducks, we did the Ice Princess, and we did... Well, you did Cutting Edge Without Me. Cutting Edge Without You. That's the one I couldn't think of. Topic. All I could think of was Topic. Topic. Go check that out. Okay. Uh, she says, guess I'd better get back to work and send this on its way to you so you can be happy and read it tonight. All my best, Jenny. So, thank, thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. You're the best. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then, she wrote in, the last email is also from Jenny. If you want to write in, email us zackattack at cageclub.me. We will read anything on air. We'll read it. You heard it. Joe, she writes in, email subject line, dick pic. Here's the picture she sent in. Okay. She says, Joe 2 is going to like this one. It's a dick sizzle. Oh. Oh, this is actually a kind of cool bird. Oh, can I tell a cool bird story? Well, let me read what this is real quick, and then you can tell your bird story. Go ahead. The dick sizzle okay. is a small American seed-eating bird in the family Cardinalidae. So I guess it's a type of cardinal. It's the only member of the genus Spiza, S-P-I-Z-A. Interesting. Though some Interesting. sources list another supposedly extinct species. So it's just this little, cute little uh, cardinal-looking bird that's white and yellow and brown so the dick sizzle yes quick bird story though there's like this a bunch of bird watchers that hang out by my house and i never knew why and then like recently i found out that this, there's like bald eagles that like live like down the street from me and oh. um yeah so there's like a whole bald eagle's nest and like you could fucking see them it's crazy huh. cool all right bird story thank you for the bird picture that was the last email thank you all for writing this in Zach attack at cageclub.me. Joe and I, I I'm going to speak for Joe. We are overjoyed that anybody listens, that any of you spend the time to write into us. I hope, I mean, I would love to do that Bear Grylls of Running Wild. I've never seen an episode of that show, but if there's one with him in it, cool. I think I'm also d- eventually, Joe, we need to like do like a, a clip show redux with like all like little things he's done since the last time we did a clip show. Down. Like that, you know, that outdoor whatever thing that we talked about, you know, him and his brother, yeah, the, yeah. whatever, all that sort of stuff. Next game, Jordan... Here we go. Stop looking at the pictures of abs. Okay. Time to participate. Or right. yeah. I'm back. The next game is the Google game, where I Google the greatest showman Zach Efron, and you and Joe try to guess the autocompletes. Okay. There's one here that says scene. We're gonna we're gonna skip that. Uh, but Kay. just guess. There are there's eight. None of them are super great. They're all a, really kind of similar. But dance. No song. Wait, song what did one. you type in? I need to get an explanation of the game again. The greatest showman, Sorry. Zac Efron. Oh. So he types okay. it in, and we have to guess what the next word that comes up in Google Okay, is. I got it. Yeah. Song is number five. Zendaya. Zac Efron Ooh. and Zendaya is number three. <laughs> and Ooh, Zac Efron call. and Zendaya's scene is number seven. Oh, okay. Oh, also, Jack Joe, win? you said song, but singing is also number one. So that's number one and number five. Okay. So okay. what do we have so far? You have singing, you have N Zendaya, you have song, and you have N Zendaya scene. So you have four of the nine, and okay, then I gave you scene because scene is boring. So you really have five of the nine. Four so there's more. four others. Okay. Hat? No, nothing clothes related, which is a disappointment. <laughs> um, oh, damn. Mm, Hugh Jackman. Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman's song is number four. Um, hair? No, nothing about his appearance either, which is a lame. This is kind of lame. Um, Sucks, yeah. Circus? Number two and number nine... No, not circus. Number two and number nine are very similar, and number six is really sort of generic and not really necessarily about this movie. So give them to me. Interview is number six. Okay, lame. And number two and number nine, we've never gotten this before. Character and character name. Oh, interesting. So nobody knew what his name was. I think people were trying to figure out if he's real or not. I think people were trying to figure out if he was Bailey or not. 
if it was Barnum and Bailey. Oh, also that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think that's how you make the sequel. It's just like, he changes his name to Bailey, and then he has his own circus or something. And he's like, hey, I'm a different guy now. It's yep. the circus. Exactly. All right, the next game is the trailer game. Jordan, oh, cool. I'm going to put a link to this trailer in Discord. I think I've seen this one because it was like on TV all over the place, or in the movies. It was like in the theaters. So if you search on YouTube, the Greatest Show trailer, no, Greatest Showman trailer. All right. Oh, weird. Okay. It's a, we're going to do the second one, which is the Greatest Showman official trailer 2 HD. You ready for this? Click play, let it buffer. Whenever you guys are ready, we're just yeah, going to talk over and provide it. our commentary. So we're just going to watch and talk? Just watch yeah. and talk. Simple as that. Comment on the trailer. Two minute game. Are you guys ready? Wait. Three, I started two. already. Did I do it wrong? Yes. Yeah, three. yeah. Just go, go back. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> go back to the beginning. Okay, okay, okay. All right. We're going to play on three. So three, okay. two, one, play. Showtime. All right. Here we go. Showtime. Ooh, it's sparkly Zeth, from the Zeth top. Zeth instantly. Oh, that's a, that's a pre-trailer trailer. It's not, it's not a real. Now it's the real trailer. Oh, now it's That's from the good scene at the beginning. Yep. Yeah, this is the Kanye West music video. See, that dancing was really good, but it yes. didn't continue yeah. to be that good. No. But it, it transitioned into acrobatics. Okay. Oh, we have him losing his oh, job. That's, a, that's an about. awesome mustache. We didn't talk about that mustache. Killer mustache. At all. Yeah. This is really setting him up as, like, the broke, broke, broke. Yeah. Man. This is a really love sad... His wife. He needs, to, he, needs a, he needs a way to make money. Like, oh, the, the, the wish machine, which is great. Oh, I liked that. Machine. I liked that. I did. It was cute. I agree. We got to flash forward to... This seems like Michelle Williams in the movie like a lot more than she actually is. It's a place yep. where people can see things they've never seen before. Oh, it there's also, some circus. They're doing that circus. It also circus. looks like there's a lot more circus than there actually is. Like, all of the circus yeah. in the movie is in this trailer. Well, that's what we found, because we don't watch trailers generally, but we watch trailers every episode of one of these, and it's just like... It really that is wasn't in the movie! Yeah, they do that a lot. There were a few oh. things on IMDb about things that were in the trailer that weren't actually in the movie. Just like I don't know why it was cut. I mean, this movie is short. It's an hour forty-four. Like I feel like it yeah, could have been that a lot long. longer. I agree. Oh, I'm glad it was. Exactly oh, I'm glad. It, I'm, we're always we're always happy for short movies. Believe me. Dancing, jumping, children. Zendaya spinning down the rope. Slide into Zeph's arms. Ballerina, Jen Lind, House of Cards guy. Oh yeah, he's in the trailer too. I am surprised though that we didn't get Hat as an autocomplete because he got the hat even prominently in this trailer. Lions jumping through the Fake lions. Fake lions. I'm glad they used CGI animals on that note. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool touch. Yep. Bearded Lady, great in this movie. I don't think we've sung her praises enough. No pun intended. No. Zeph's parents. Zeph is like very prominent in this. Yep. And he's not really. And he's also yeah. like. He only shows up like halfway through. And he's like. He's in most of the back half, but not entirely. Was there an elephant in this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, elephant to go pick up his daughter. Yeah. That trailer made it seem like way more. Yeah. Broke and way more dramatic for Zeph than it was. Yeah. But, okay. And like okay. way more circusy and like showy yep. than yeah, it exactly. was. So the next game we have is the Crying a Shirtless game. Jordan, we talked about how we try to we track every time he's crying, every time he's shirtless. So last episode, and what happened was oh wait, but, but what happened was is what we would do is since we hadn't seen any of the Zeph's movies going backwards, we would just Joey and I would read the title and then yep. we'd make guesses yep. on how we thought he was going to be shirtless and crying in the next movie. Mm-hmm. And like we wouldn't read anything about the movie; it would just be like just the title, and we'd have to guess how he's shirtless and crying. Yep. So that's this game. 
So we're going to review last month's or last episode's guesses, and then we're going to do guesses for the next movie, which, Jordan, you're not going to be a guest on, but you're still going to guess how it's going to be quiet and shirtless. Okay. And we give you points for them, but the, it's like, uh, it's, who's lines it anyways? Line. Yep. Points don't matter. Point, points don't matter. So, Joe, your guess last time, again, I'm just going to say 100% correct. He's okay. the lion tamer. He likes to tame lions shirtless, sweaty, and hot. He's in the lion tamer okay. cage. P.T. Barnum walks over and sees the lions aren't cutting anymore. Zeph says, this is my life. As he's flying, <laughs> the lion bites his calf, and Zeph writhes in pain. P.T. Barnum walks away. He doesn't give a shit. Then they sing about it. My leg, my leg, my leg, my leg. So that was yours. <laughs> that was my favorite scene in the movie. Like, I loved when he was the lion tamer. I still want to see that scene I want to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the other thing, what? is that as much as we love movies... The guesses for the movies are always better than the actual movies. You have to hear my one about the what was the what was it? Oh, fucking? on the next episode on oh no no, no. it was the Magic Mike's episode of Supercross. Guessing yes. about a guide to recognizing your saints, which is a movie with Channing Tatum and Shia LaBeouf, which we covered for yeah. all those movies. Just go to the end and listen to that one. It's that like was five probably minutes. my favorite. <laughs> I was in tears editing it. I loved it so much. I made a really good movie about that. Yeah. Chris podcasts. Chris R. Chris R. Chris R. Chris R. From the Disaster Artist. He guessed. I assume this movie is just Moulin Rouge in a slightly different setting. He's going to be shirtless. We won't see the actual sex act. It'll be like a train going into the tunnel. Perfect. Love it. Oh, Loved fair. it in this movie when it happened. Yeah, there was a, there's trains. He's in bed with someone, and someone comes into the room. Hugh Jackman comes in, and Zac Efron will have slept with a trapeze artist slash gymnast, which, reality... He's not pretty right! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He says, you're out of the show. He cries in mourning. His buddy, the prize elephant, dies. He cries again. Yep. 100%. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the next movie, I want to get the actual name of the movie. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Ted Bundy, Zac Efron. Jordan, we're going to let... Do you want to go first or do you want to go last? Mm, last? I don't know. Okay. Last. I've obviously not seen this movie. Yes. This movie's not out yet. How do you think he's going to be crying and how do you think he's going to be shirtless? So, Jordan, we can either do them, like, lumped into one or they could be separate. It's totally up to you. Okay. But, jo- right. Joe, how do you think that they are... He's going to be crying and he's going to be shirtless? I'm going to tie them together. Okay. I think it's because it's Ted Bundy. Yep. He's a serial killer. I know that much. We, we get, like, one of these flashbacks, right? Okay. And he's a small child. Oh, fuck, then it won't be Zeph. Never mind. So <laughs> it's just, like, we see early in Ted Bundy's murderous career okay. that he was inspired. He had a lust for blood because he he saw this dog get hit by a car. Okay. And when he sees a dog get hit by a car, he takes his shirt off and, like, <laughs> bandages the dog with it, okay? Because <laughs> it was bleeding. He rushes it to the veterinary hospital, and he's like, you need to save this dog. And they're like, is it yours? And he's like, no, just do it. <laughs> and then they say, like, well, you're going to have to pay for this. And he's like, but I can't. And then the dog dies, and so he cries holding this dog. And then eventually that's like the first person he murders. Oh, is wow. the, the receptionist <laughs> that asked oh, him for, whoa. for insurance. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's going to be his first actual murder. So like because of the dog dying that he saved, it bandaged. He, he's shirtless in the veterinary office, obviously, because it's still on the dog. So what I love about this, other than the fact it's going to be 100% right, is most serial killers start their killing by killing animals. He's trying to save animals. And he kills the person. Yeah, yeah, because fuck that vet. Very interesting. 
Okay, yeah. Crying and shirtless. What I know about Ted Bundy, which is a very limited amount, he was a very charismatic killer. He would lure women, maybe men, I don't know, uh, and then murder them. So, of course, we're going to get sex scenes aplenty in this movie. He's going to be shirtless. He's going to be more shirtless in this movie than than clothes. Like, he's going to be mostly shirtless in this movie. You know, he's going to bring women back. He's going to be shirtless. He's taking it off. He's, you know, he's flexing the muscles. He's 1950s, 60s, 70s, whenever Ted Bundy was around, flexing those muscles. He's always doing that. Now, crying... Okay, here's 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 where he's going to cry. It's unrelated to that. He gets arrested. Again, I know nothing about this. He might not okay. get arrested. I don't know, but he gets arrested. Then he is meeting with his lawyer. His lawyer's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to plead not guilty or whatever. They go to the courtroom. Zeph gets up there as Ted Bundy cries. Like, this guy who has not shown any emotion, like, any remorse all movie, okay. puts on this big show in this courtroom. Sort of flashback to Zeph and Tina again. He's crying. He's sobbing. He's like, I'm a changed man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't... Whatever, whatever. And then the judge says, no, you're lying. Sentence to life in prison or death... Murder, murder chair or whatever. So, like, you are dead. Yeah. Uh, gavel. Murder chair. Yes. Do not believe you. Okay. So his crying is to try to fake show remorse. The judge says... No, you're, you're sentenced to die. Zeph tears stop immediately. He stares daggers into the judge, meaner than the ones Zendaya stared into him in this movie. So that's crying and shirtless for that movie. Why was he shirtless? Oh, because he had sex with all the women. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. Okay. Jordan, for this movie, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile, what are your guesses for why he's crying and why he's shirtless? Is it cheating that I looked up a one-line description of this movie? Uh, no. sort of. Try not, not to use it's, it. It's fine. Okay. Well, because otherwise it's, like, pretty much exactly the same as Joey's. Except okay. I know okay. I know one detail that you guys didn't know. Oh, damn. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I went last. Okay. I went last, so I got nervous. Is it a spoiler? Mm, no. No. Okay, just, just hit us with it. Hit us with it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. The one line that I read says that the movie is from the perspective of his girlfriend who basically can't accept that he's a serial killer. Oh! His girlfriend, I think, is Lily Collins from To the Bone, the final Keanu Club movie. Okay. Okay. So, I think, you know, she's finally maybe coming to terms with the fact that there's something wrong. You know, she's confronting him about it, and he manipulates her, first by taking off his shirt. And when that doesn't work, he cries. Okay. Okay. So it's like a don't break up with me cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep. Cool. I like it. I yeah. dig it. Jordan, the last game that we have, we have one more quick thing after this. The last game that we're going to play is the Letterboxed game. So we're going to go to Letterboxed, and we're going to say... Do, you don't go to Letterboxd. I'm going to go to Letterboxd. No cheating here. So Mad Max Fury Road, the most popular movie on Letterboxd, or what we thought was the most popular movie, the most logged movie, whatever, has been seen by 215,000 people. How many yes. people do you guys think have logged The Greatest Showman, a movie that came out roughly three months ago on Litterboxd? Joe, you can go first. And Jordan, I know um, this seems like a crazy difficult game, <laughs> but somehow it's not. it's not as difficult as you think it is. 32,000. Okay, I'm just going to stop there. It's 31,054. That is ridiculously close. That was, that was off the top of my head. I didn't even get to play. But like, if, like, I'm sorry. When it's that good... <laughs> But that, we're, we're, there's more letterbox game to play. But like okay, when it's okay, that okay. close, like I'm not gonna like. That's basically prices right. Like you landed on a dollar. Yeah, like, yeah. That is, you know, you went a little bit over, but like you're within a thousand. Like that's good. I'm glad I'm right, back, bitches. I know, but we're, we don't play that rule. I'm I'm glad I'm back. I've I've been fucking up the past couple ones, and I definitely, you know, I don't use letterboxed. I I've you've heard me be way off before. Yep. But usually I'm pretty close, and Amazing. that was a pretty close okay. one. Okay, so now the follow-up to that is that out of those 31,054 people, how many of them have this movie in their top four favorite movies? 
257. Jordan? 150. Higher than both of those. Damn, really? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, think about uh, it, because people okay. love musicals. People love Zac Efron as a new movie, so, like, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 475. 602. Lower than both of those. So one more guess. So it's between whatever you said, like 250 and 475, or whatever that is. Somewhere between those two. 333. Okay. 390. Joe got there in the end. It's 325. So <laughs> wow. Too low, too high. So then the last letterbox thing, we're going to look on the first page of fans. There's this girl named Una, five stars, liked the movie, wrote a review. Her review is, the film is so beautiful, and some scenes of the film were so powerful. The music is just so amazing, and this film in general, ah, what a masterpiece. Una, 00NA. She has four movies in her top four. What are those other movies? Here's a hint. The Greatest Showman gives no hints into any of the other movies at all. Oh, really? So, but, okay, but two of them are in the same franchise. I was going to guess La La Land first. No. no I was going to say Moulin Rouge. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. Fair guesses. This girl has one follower, and she's following one person. So, she's still active, though. The last thing she reviewed was Paddington 2. Gave it four stars. A little bit low, but... Glad you liked it. Okay, this, her second favorite movie is Rise of the Guardians, which you guys are never going to get. Her first and fourth favorite movie are in the same film franchise. and it's Fast a, and Furious. Nope, it's a common one that Joe guesses. It's a common... Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope, not, not that common. What's the biggest film franchise of all time? Fast and Furious. Star Wars? There you go, Jordan. But which two, <laughs> which two movies are in her top four? Number one and number four. I don't know what any of them are called. Episode six, episode four. Nope, and nope. Episode... Oh, Five is her number one movie, The Empire Strikes Back, and her number really? four movie okay. is Return of the Jedi. Nope, oh, one of the one of the new ones. Yep. Which yeah. one? I don't know what they're called. The first one. Nope. The, the first one. new one. Nope. <laughs> the new new one. Nope. Yep. The Last Jedi. There you go. You got there in the end. Okay. Process <laughs> of elimination. Okay. The last thing we have, we have one more game. I'm sorry, Jordan, I lied to you. Fire-ass titles. This is the last game we play. Quick one. If we are renaming, there's no order. We're just going to say them out, shout them out as you, as you hear them. If just we're renaming The Greatest Showman to be High School Musical, what would we call it? First of all, I'm going to start Circus. I knew it was going to be Circus. Freaks. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I was going to go Oddities. Well, Freaked, uh, past tense, Freaked is a great Keanu Reeves movie where he plays Ortiz the dog boy. He's in a full dog suit the entire time he's on screen. So that's cool. Interesting. Go check out Freaked. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Mm. The Elephant. (laughs) New York Real Estate. Um, Singing Things. Oh, I like that. Rags to Tents. Ooh. (laughs) Wishing Machine. The Big Top. That's cool. I like that. Don't Date the Black Girl. Oh. Oh. Oh no, you oh. groaned at me. I was gonna, because I, I was just thinking the no, trapeze artist. Because Joey would have yelled at me for saying that. That's I why. I gro- <laughs> <laughs> but it was very appropriate. It was appropriate. The trapeze artist. Do that circus. Oh, the circus writer, which is that, that <laughs> sort of role. Oh, okay. I like it. Hats. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I think that it. might be the final one. I think that's a, that's a good one yeah. to end on. Hats. All right, so the, the final thing is the last the last thing we recorded was our episode of Fast Five, which came out nine days ago, so go check that out. The next thing Joe and I are recording is our episode of Magic Mikes, which comes out tomorrow, which is yep. the aforementioned A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints with Shia LaBeouf. The story about the two priests. And yes. The, yeah. Absolutely. Ragazzi. 
The next episode of Boyfriend Material we're going to do is The Big Short. The last one that we did was with Mike Manzi. It was The Nice Guys, writing the story of Mike Manzi. Take a drink. That was that. And then come back in a month. Oh, no. We're, this, is in a, this is a special by appointment only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back down Don't the road back for in a our Ted Bundy episode or a Bear Grylls episode. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. You were a real trooper. I know that we're recording later than you normally do. We recorded sorry, far sorry, longer sorry, sorry. than you normally do. Aside from the pictures of the abs, you were engaged the entire time. We, we thank you so much. I did my best. I made it to the end. You did. I didn't hear you, you did. Yawn I'm sorry. Once. I yawned like twice, but not into my mic. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you did great, and we appreciate it. <laughs> go check out Jordan's podcast, Wistful Thinking. You can also go check out her host page on cageclub.me. You can find all the guest episodes of shows that she's been on, Cage Club and Keanu Club and Watch the Throne and other stuff, so go check those out. Jordan, this episode comes out in a little over two weeks. Do you know the next episode you're recording? The last one we just put out as we're recording this was Spice World, but it's going to be one between now and then. Do you know the right. next episode you guys so, are putting out? on April 5th, we're going to have The Sound of Music. Oh! Oh! One of my dad's favorite movies. Uh, I have never seen it. We have not recorded oh, really? yet. <laughs> You're so blessed. Uh, yeah. we'll there see. are Nazis we'll in it. See. I know that. Yeah, I know that yeah. they're singing in Nazis, right? That's what I Yep. Know. Yeah. And I don't know what the next one after that is, but whatever it is, it came out yesterday. Totally go listen to it. No, it's it's fine because this comes out April 10th. So that. Oh, come I thought you said the weeks. 20th. 10th. All right, just kidding. So go check out The Sound of Music. Yeah, totally, go listen. Are you guys having a guest for The Sound of Music, or is it just you and Karen? Yeah, my best childhood friend. Sasha? Awesome. Sasha, yeah. Yeah, Sasha. That's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Go check out Wistful Thinking. Go check out all of our host pages. Email us, zachattackatcageclub.me. You can follow, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter. We also have a page just for Joe and my nonsense, mostly... Fast and Furious themed, facebook.com slash too fast too forever. Go check that out. I let Joe it's run funny. it. It's funny. It's funny if you curse. like us. But again, thank you, Jordan. Go check out all Jordan's things. We are blessed to have you, the circus expert, which you talked about the circus like two hours oh, ago. Wait, yeah. If you want to see circus, oh. go to my Instagram at JordoPC. At JordoPC. Yeah, there you go. It's I'm going to check a, out some circus. I'm not the super highest level circus artist, but you can see but some But you do stuff things that, that I, uh, my body would never do. Yeah. There you go. So, well, I'm, I'm going to go check it out. At JordoPC on Instagram, ZachAttack at CageClub.me, Facebook.com slash TooFastTooForever, and at CageClubPod on Twitter. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. That was Jordan Pullen Clark, and we'll see you next time, whenever it may be. On Zach Attack. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along.